Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's not a Lindsay Lohan promo, John. Sorry. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's March 25th, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 185. This is No Agenda. Battling the War of the Roses while leading a life of fighting crime. From the Hilltop Watchtower, Crackpot Command Center, and Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California, where there is no sunshine. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from soggy northern Silicon Valley, where it just rained a minute ago, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning. Oh, in the morning to you, my friend. In the morning. Ah, you know, because of uh, stuff I was doing earlier this morning, I didn't have time to pull this awesome clip from, uh, you know, Joel Spolsky, Joe, uh, Joel on software. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, on this podcast, he made this awesome reference to us. Uh, oh, that's good to know. Yeah, clearly he's a listener, but I just, I didn't have time to pull the clip, but it was really cool. You know, they, he was doing like the whole, was it the, oh, does it, the dog you're debate? Give him an associate public relations? Yeah, uh, uh, he should get one actually, because you know what? Um, I'll pull the clip on uh, on Sunday, and then we'll make a decision then. But it's just nice okay. to know that he's that he's listening. That's that's kind of cool. So there's. I want to point something. I want to mention something to people, uh, since I'm sure everyone will run into this situation. Uh, have you uh, booted Firefox recently? <sighs> yeah, booted, rebooted. Uh, it, I got another update. I guess you're going to. Yeah, well, they about forced that. an update on everybody. I hate it when they do that. Six point three point six point two, and with it they've added this new feature called personas. Oh and yeah, no, I got that. I made the mistake of actually installing one. Yeah, <laughs> and uninstalled expeditiously. <laughs> well, the problem is, of course, it, it kind of screws up the tabs because many of these things yeah, bleed you through it, the. Yeah, you can't see what what's that's exactly why I uninstalled. It's like I can't see what I can't even see the little X mark to get rid of it. Well, anyway, so the thing that kind of got me is that I booted a different computer, so they they came up with these suggested personas. And for anyone who hasn't seen this, these are just essentially uh, designs, uh, little artwork that gets splashed across the top. And But I noticed it was different, so I clicked on it, and I didn't realize they have 2,100 of these things. (laughs) And on the first page of them, though, I find it interesting because obviously somebody has to make a decision on where these things go. So why is Bob Marley, even though he's deceased getting free publicity on page one of the persona page i'm just just wondering you know they got a bunch of reggae uh well clearly it's all part of the uh, upcoming referendum on marijuana john it's uh you know it's a pro uh, pro smoke it could be that's a good one then well good I, I do Carry wanna, on. I do want to give a little credit uh, and i don't have this person's name but i have the link in the show <laughs> notes um on Zazzle.com, GP1477 is his uh, username there. And he has made a, um, a number of uh, No Agenda coffee mugs, which actually, uh, let me send you the link, because and the reason I bring this up is twofold. One, it's, uh, it, you know, obviously it's, uh, it's another um, effort to uh, promote the show, which we always appreciate. Um, but also, well, first of all, they're funny. So we've got, uh, oh yeah, uh, Mickey just says appropriately. H- have we Twittered that the show yeah. is starting? Oh, I haven't. Hold on, live. Well, now. This is, oh, so. this is interesting. I, you, I'm, uh, I, I, well, I like you're, the coffee what? cup that says "Ask me about harp." <laughs> <laughs> 
That's a good one. So, I, uh, by the way, I wanted to mention the. Um, well, before, before the- well, just, just before I finish, I just want everyone to know that this is a very, in, in that regard, a very open source program. You know, we feel it's a very bad idea for us to get into the business of doing T-shirts and coffee mugs and paraphernalia and, uh, you know, merchandise. And we encourage everybody to go ahead and promote No Agenda, sell products, sell iPhone apps, Android apps, BlackBerry apps. You know, and, and think, of, you know, please think about us uh, when you make some money. Uh, give us a hit. We're not even telling you how much. Just uh, give us uh, give us some of that cash that you make, if you make any. Give us a taste. Give us a little taste. Give us some goodies. But that's really important because I think that is uh, is a part of our model for the future. This is the mob's model, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> True. <laughs> and, what, and, what, and your point is... <laughs> it's, it's a good model. It works. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> speaking of mob, maybe we should just get this out of the way right, right away. How cool is uh, our vice president? He what had, did, well, well what he, he, had, he has mobsters Tourette's. <laughs> you know, it's like you, all these guys. You know, all these guys talk like that. Of course, if if you if you don't know by now, I think it's been played everywhere on every news channel where uh, the president uh, is introduced by the vice president uh, to you know to basically announce the fact that the health care bill is passed. And then uh, Joe uh, hugs him and says, this is a big fucking deal. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, yeah, everyone's. You can just hear them all talking like that, right? Like Rahm I mean, I visualize this. Rahm Emanuel and Joe Biden. Hey, what the fuck? Hey, man, well, get these fuckers out of there. You know, it's just they're, they're, they're mobsters. Well, Emanuel definitely has the uh, apparently uh, the dirtiest mouth in Washington. He doesn't deny it. No, but but. How you know? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Tony. Anyway, Soprano it doesn't matter. I want to go back. To, I want to go back to this personas thing. Oh, sorry. Uh, if you go into the personas page and you and you just uh, mouse over anything, it it changes it just temporarily right. at the top. We right. need a no agenda. Oh, persona. Yes, persona that people yes. can use. Very good. So uh, either Paul T or Randy or any of these artists or anybody can dream. First, we have to figure out how to how to make it so they so they don't cover up the and don't cover up the tabs. Yeah, well, the, the compatibility is a uh, is obviously all that needs to be learned, and then it's just a artwork. So, we also need more stickers. People putting stickers up. We do have some good stickers, guys. And uh, and don't forget to change your uh, Wi-Fi uh, name, your uh, your SSID to noagendastream.com. Or noagendashow.com, I thought that's what we, were gonna, I thought that's what we picked. Uh, it could be. Uh, either one is fine. And I have gotten a couple of reports from people who are saying, you know, uh, I, if I found one. <laughs> now, the uh, other thing is you want the password to be generated because, you know, password generation, that little algorithm with WEP, the, the wimpiest of the password systems, uh, uh if you have if you have it as a guest uh, uh, channel on your uh, router, you want the password to be in uh, derived from in the morning, all one word, and um, it will generate a code that should be the same from router to router because there's a actually a, there's a um, standards body that that oh, made really? that code generator a standardized uh, thing. So anytime you type in in the morning, you should get the same. Code. It gives you four options. Obviously, choose the first one. It's EC something or other. I can't. Don't have it in front of me. Yeah, and and obviously, don't do this on your um, 
on your main access, but on uh, as John pointed out on the last <coughs> show, on, on most modern routers, on the uh, 802.11n routers, you can have like a, a guest password where they can uh, access some of your bandwidth and some of the internet, apparently. Yes. And do it there. A couple of je- I want to get a, couple, get a couple of things out of the way. The executive producers today. Yes. Uh, Todd Simons, S-Y-M-M-O-N-S, from 8 Mile Plains, Queensland. I believe he uh, has donated before, has he not? Uh, he's, uh, he's a regular. He's a knight, as a matter of fact, and he yes. wants to be a double knight. So uh, <laughs> he gave us two seventy five fifty, and an associate executive producer is Douglas Lang, uh, two four six eight zero. Uh, he's in Santa Cruz, and um, let me see. He had a comment here. Uh, Lang, yeah, he's uh, he's calling himself out as a douchebag. Oh no. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He's looking for a new gig and thought that an executive producer title would shake up my mojo. <laughs> so, uh, you know what? It will not only shake up your mojo. But it is going to get you all kinds of benefits in life. Because when you can put on your resume that you are an executive or a, an associate executive producer <laughs> of, um, of a media property that is not only known the world over, but is also highlighted and featured on Joel Spolsky's podcast, then you know that only good things can come of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No doubt about it. Was that yeah. it? Those are our, our two producers for, yeah, that's uh, it. for that's this show? That's okay, well, you both know that you can now go out and apply our very simple formula, which is our this. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. We highly appreciate the support, and we'll be uh, talking about more uh, people who are supporting the show later on as we uh, talk about uh, the people who support our show <coughs> later exactly. on in the show. So what's up for today? There's way too oh, much material yeah, for this uh, show know, from today. I'm well, very we, annoyed by it. We could... Um, I have 15 clips 16. that we're obviously not going to get to. No, you have 16 clips. 16, right. There was, a, there was an extra one, a bonus. Um, well, there's a couple things. We could start just to ease into it with uh, the most emailed uh, article of the week, which uh, without a doubt would have to be the naked body scanner incident in the United <laughs> Kingdom. So for those of you who don't know exactly what happened, uh, and, and, and I find this whole story to be very sketchy. Um, apparently, uh, a security colleague zapped his uh, female colleague when she accidentally, which is the, the thing that sounds kind of sketchy. <laughs> yeah, to that's me. that's the fishy part. Yeah, accidentally walked. Let me through accidentally the, the, walk into this booth. Yeah, that has a a revolving door that you know locks you in. It's it, you know it's like this is nothing accidental. I don't think. Uh, but if it if if it is, then it just proves you don't really have to stand, you know, like a like an incarcerated felon with your hands above your head on the on the two yellow footprints. And uh, and then he got a he got a snapshot of her, and uh, I guess he said something to the effect of "nice rack." Uh, and of course, everyone's falling over this because that means that uh, obviously you can see the nice rack in uh, in these naked body scanners. And uh, I'm not quite sure what to make of it. I don't like the fact that this is an accidental thing. It just doesn't make sense to me. You, you don't just accidentally walk into it. Oh, like I couldn't walk around it. I couldn't go any other direction. I had to get to the other side and had to 
accidentally walk yeah, through no, it? Yeah, the whole thing is sketchy. I, I'm, I'm, I agree. I think this, this is maybe even a plan. Well, I, I did get some interesting inside information from, uh, I have a couple of friends who work at Schiphol Airport in Amsterdam. And I remember I had uh, discussed on the show that I flew from Amsterdam to uh, Los Angeles and that, you know, this is the the airport that allowed the uh, the crotch bomber to get on board. Right. And, and you, uh, you mentioned there's no. Uh, yeah, there was there was no naked body there. scanner. There was no naked body scanner. No, there were yeah, two yeah, yeah two regular metal detectors. And I did get a pat down, although I did not receive any happy ending in the crotch there. So they didn't check to see if I was a potential. uh uh, copycat crotcher. Um, the reason why those copycat have not been installed. <laughs> the reason why those have not been installed yet. Check this out. Is they have to upgrade their network because. And so of course, you know, I have sysadmin friends everywhere. That's and, what we uh, cater to. Well, yeah, they're the ones that are truly going to save the world at the end of the day, and. Um, uh, he says, no, the network could not handle the amount of data because the way it works is they take a, a, a picture of you and then they ship that data over to the uh, to the room where they actually look at you. And, uh, and of course, he will not tell me if they store it or not. He actually doesn't. He says he doesn't know if they store that, uh, that photograph. But uh, the fact that the network can't handle it tells me that these are very high-resolution pictures, very high-resolution. Uh, so that just uh, makes you wonder, huh? Yeah, they would have. Well, see, and they deny that, but they're not. It's not as though they're running you through that thing like there's no tomorrow. You've no, seen the I mean, they that, push you in there. Okay, hold your high hands up, and then they make you know, and they get, it takes like a minute, and you're stuck mm-hmm. in there, and then you, you leave. And uh, I mean, how so much data say, yeah. could they be? I mean, it's, it's got to be hundreds of megabytes for it to be that slow. Either I think, that or it's just a poor algorithm. Possible. Possible. Uh, I just thought that was interesting. He also or, said that, Or the third option, by the way, that could be BS, and maybe the network's got nothing to do with it. They just don't want, you know, there's just something else wrong with them. Uh, no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. No, that's, I think that's oh, true. No, it may, I mean, that could be the official line that he picked up, mm. but it may not be the real reason. Mm. He also mentioned that when you leave the airport, you uh, definitely would like to take those bag tags off because he says that uh, most airports now do embed RFID in them. Schiphol oh, really? Airport, yeah, Schiphol Airport certainly does. Huh. Um, now, and that does make some sense, obviously, uh, you know, so that they keep track of your bags as they're going through all the different... Uh, Bag smashers. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's Dvorak. Let's, try, let's try stomp on it for a moment. They need to know which <laughs> one to stomp on. Uh, but you definitely might want to take it off because uh, it, <laughs> I got this story from Roger McGuinn, who apparently is still irked about this. You know, he goes around; he's a guitar player. Most people know him, and he was apparently flew into London or some one of these places, and he has one of his most valuable guitars in a metal case. Yeah, he opens it up; the guitar is smashed to bits, and they didn't even reimburse him for it, did they? No, bastards. They say he must have packed it that way. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, he you don't know how to pack it. your guitar in a metal case. <laughs> you know, oh, well, forget about it. So and, I, I'm presuming the one thing you might want to talk about and, um, is, the, uh, is the passing of the health care bill. I, I think a lot of our audience will definitely want wants to hear our take on it. 
<laughs> Hold on a second. So I'm like, I just clicked on to get the list of the clips with this new 3.6, whatever the heck it is, browser. And now I get all kinds of weird little rollover things that just popped up and then disappear. Like some, I don't know, never mind. I don't want to get into it. Shall I, shall I play a little clip? Because, you know, so, and, and this will lead into something that maybe we can talk about later. Uh, but the, the president actually announced the passing of the health care bill twice. Did you know that? No. There were two celebrations, yeah. That's because there were two health care bills. <laughs> and two Obamas. This was the other guy. It, <laughs> it might have happened been. simultaneously for all we know. No, he, um, he, he did another um, celebration, as they call it. And I picked this up from Associated Press because I, there's, you know, there's a meme that I've been uh, following. And uh, this meme showed up and it said that he, uh, you know, later at a second celebration, Obama said dot, dot, dot. And it's like, second celebration? What's that? And, of course, uh, handy C-SPAN.org's uh, television archives helped me find it. He was at the Department of the Interior, and uh, I just it's a relatively short clip, uh, about 45 seconds. Joe Biden introduced him, and I just want you to hear the meme, and I think I know why this is uh, cropping up. And, and uh, well, anyway, just listen to the clip for a second. So here's the second celebration, the one you did not see on television. Ladies and gentlemen, the president of the United States of America, Barack Obama. I, I could have cut the applause out, but I felt it was important to set the stage. Fine. Cut. You said we won't do this twice because there's so many people we have to thank. You know, and, and as I look around the room, we've got leaders of labor who helped to make this happen. We've got ordinary folks who knocked on doors and made phone calls at the last minute to get this thing over the top. My extraordinary members of my cabinet, we've still got some additional uh, members of Congress who helped lead the charge on this. Uh, there's my staff, who I see are still here. Uh, they, they, I, at, at any given moment, I thought they were okay, going to quit. Okay, wait for it. Uh, but they just stuck it out uh, with me. Uh, so the, the main purpose here uh, is to say thank you. Uh, and thank you on behalf of the American people. After a century of striving, after a year of debate, after a historic vote, health care reform is no longer an unmet promise. It is the law of the land. It is the law of the land. Well, there you have it. And I've been watching this one, the law of the land. Oh, you and the law of the land thing. Yeah. Well, I think I know what it is. All right. uh, and, and, you can, and I put a couple links in the show notes, noagendashow.com, and you can uh, see how often this, uh, this law of the land meme is being propagated. Uh, by the way, only in this administration. I believe that you know, I can almost visualize the talking points uh, being handed out. Because this is such a, an issue regarding the Constitution, whenever there is a, uh, a law passed that is deemed possibly unconstitutional or can be, um, you know, they have to set this in people's minds saying this is now a, basically a constitutional move. The law of the land, as the, as the founders uh, described the Constitution, they called it the supreme law of the land. And I, I went back and I have all the, all the links to show this. The Constitution is the supreme law of the land. And I believe that this constant, incessant use of law of the land is to embed into people's minds 
that this is now a constitutional move. Your right to health care is the law of the land. Timothy Geithner does the same thing when he talks about the Federal Reserve Act. It's the law of the land, like it's a constitutional move. Yeah, I think you're onto something with this thing. So just keep your eye on it. I'm, yeah, uh, no, I mean, we noticed it before we pointed it out, like about a month ago when we first started seeing it crop up. And we did a little research, and then uh, I kind of haven't paid attention because they are sneaking it by you. Uh, then well, that would be yeah, that got it's by programming, me. you know, it's it's real. Yeah, programming. no, I know this is the, what we do on the show, and I hope people pay attention to it because we're finding this stuff constantly. I mean, it's essentially uh, what we we try to, you know, it's just an awareness thing and law of the land thing. It, it has slipped by me a number of times. Uh, while we're on the topic, there's a couple of interesting observations that were made by uh, Charles Krautheimer. Uh, the uh, he's on Fox. Is that Chuck? The Chuck on, guy. Chuck guy. Yeah, he's he, on he, Fox he, now. He, what's wrong with his face? Well, he has, he has, uh, I don't know what he's, he's disabled. He's in a wheelchair and he's oh, got some, okay. he's got some, I forgot what it is that he has, but he's been that way for a long time. And he, um, uh, is, I've always thought that he, as an essayist, he is one of the, uh, one of the really great logicians and essayists that we've seen for, I don't know, decades. He he's definitely seems to be, to be very well informed. I, I do enjoy listening to him. He, well, he's like an in, he's like a very, yeah, he's, he seems to be, uh, very well connected. So he has a lot of, and, but he does, he does, he looks for the stuff that we look for, which is, uh, uh kind of behind the scenes, uh, what might be going on. And I want to play a couple of clips that are kind of interesting, uh, especially this one, which is the coming tax, you see, K, uh, uh, zero clip. Play this. Hold on a second, John. I'm, I can't find. Oh, uh, CK0. Okay, got it. Here it comes. Sorry. To reduce the deficit. We now have $8 trillion in debt. CBO has, has uh, said that even without health care, we're going to add another $9 trillion in a decade. You add in health care, it's another two and a half. He knows that if you don't do anything about it, we're going over a cliff. So he's appointed a commission. It reports after the election. Remember, after the election. And I predict that the major recommendation is going to be a national sales tax. There's no other way to produce the revenue they're going to need. Right. It's a river of revenue. The Europeans have it. We are going to have it. A river of revenue. Yeah, river river of revenue. He he brought this up early in this conversation. This is off, off of O'Reilly, and uh, he brought up earlier that there's and we've talked about this. I think about a year ago about the potential for a value added tax in this country. And I don't know what you said or what, what how we concluded, but uh, according to him, he says there's no other way of getting the river of revenue, which is what it would be. So in other words, like for example, in California, where we have a 10 percent personal income tax, and locally we have a 10 percent sales tax plus there's taxes on gasoline and a million other things i mean well, you can't well, do any you buy a, 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 a can of water and you have to pay a nickel for the for the can just for the can just a, for access to the can for because of the bottle bill that some idiots uh, call, uh produce in the in the state and, and a value i, 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 I was going to say a value added tax which i have dealt with uh, for most of my life uh the netherlands has it uh, belgium has it uh united kingdom has it uh, it's also so it's known as VAT or in uh, in Gitmo Nation Lowlands BTW. It's actually it's nineteen percent. I believe it's still nineteen percent in the Netherlands. Twenty one percent in twenty one percent, almost a quarter in Belgium. 
And what's interesting about a value-added tax is it gets added every step of the way in the process. So if you buy a car, every piece of that car is sold with a value-added tax to the next person. Now, there are certain cases where businesses can deduct that, but the money is still flowing because you don't get to just not pay it. You have to pay it, and then you can uh, get a, a refund of that later. Um, but every product, everything you do, it's not just the 19 or 20% that's added on. It's, it's the aggregate of all of those value-added tax additions all the way down the line until the final product is in your hands. Yeah. So and it's, that's it's so, huge. What, what, what would it's you pay huge. for a what would you pay for a car? Uh, like you say, you bought the. Oh, the well, the car may, may might not be the best uh, example because they have very specific extra taxes in uh, in Europe for uh, gas guzzlers. They have extra gas guzzler tax. Um, but just think of um, of a pie. You know, you, you you buy the pie, but the apples were purchased with the value added tax. Everything is going to be much more expensive. Everything. It, what, yeah, what? well, they're going to tax the crap out of us in every way they can. There's a thing uh, Eric just pointed out, which is called W. <coughs> sorry, www. Streamline. Streamlined, streamlined sales dot org, which is another thing. I mean, this, we are going to be. I would say that although already uh, most people that calculate these things say that we're paying about fifty five percent taxes on everything we do. Uh, this could be up to. Because we're we're getting you know the value added tax in England they don't also have a state tax and a local tax as much as we do. Uh, they do no they do they have council taxes. Are they as much as ours? Is it is it ten percent? Well, it's not over income. It's uh, for services, and uh, it, it can easily be uh, a couple thousand a year. Uh, just in tax, you have to pay, just if you're living in a certain area, you're going to pay council taxes. Um, but they was that any different than, than uh, uh, property tax? I mean, what are oh, the, you, you, the, you have to pay it the, even even if you're renting, you have to pay uh, council. But most tax. people believe that we pay more tax, even though they, they you know we, we like to think that the Europeans are taxed to death. Most people that look at the numbers say we are one of the highest taxed let, countries. Let me tell you how it feels when I go over to England. Everything is outrageously expensive. That you know, and of course, I'm taking the uh, conversion of the dollar to pound into uh, into account. But when I'm in the Netherlands, even though uh, the euro is still around 135, I believe to the 133 dollar, yesterday, yeah, it still feels cheaper than the United States. Except for things like gasoline, which is outrageous. It's, you know, it's like three times as much. Here, yeah. I'm like, yay, fill up that, fill up that Range Rover. Yeah, let's pump, put it on sport mode. Yeah, who cares? Let's gas guzzle. I love it. But when, it, you know, that kind of stuff is, is unaffordable. But on the other hand, um, you have to go through so many hoops and some things are so incredibly expensive, but still, all in all, I would say cost of living feels Less expensive in Gitmo Nation lowlands. <clears throat> and, and well, I when I, last, a few years ago, I went to England when the pound was really out there. And it was like I had actually, and I had, I had, a, I had the opportunity to just go to Holland and stay there. I actually scooted out of England prematurely because I was almost feeling the money broke. <laughs> pulled from me while I was standing. And it, you just sense that. I mean, it just, it, the, 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 how expensive it can be when the, uh, oh, the pound is now buck 45, which might help a little little it's extremely expensive and i never felt that it was like that i was getting ripped off constantly when i was in holland 
I yeah. mean, you know, it's like, you know, when you buy a hot dog on the street or stuff like that, I mean, you can really see the difference when the hot dog is six bucks yeah. versus a couple, you know, a buck and a half or whatever. Yeah. On the other hand, uh, of course, the food you actually buy in Holland is cardboard uh, stuck together with the glue. <laughs> it's not actual food. I mean, I don't well, know what they, they sell there at the Albert Heijn. No. Yeah. Well, no, I'm just telling you. I mean, even the fruit is like, this is not real. You know, this is fake. It's It, it all tastes fake. I don't know what's going on, but... Nasty stuff. Well, anyway, so value-added tax is coming, and it's going to do go the way all these. Once they get in, once it gets entrenched, you can't get rid of it. So that's going to be a problem, and it'll start off low, like oh, it's only going to be three percent, three point. It's only pennies. It's just pennies. <laughs> right, and then every year it'll crank up and crank up, and before you know it, it'll be what it is in Belgium, which is 20%, which will be on top of the 10% 21, here. 21, 21%. 21%. It'll be on top of the 10% we're already paying in California, and they'll probably jack that up, too, because you know people aren't buying as much, because people won't buy as much when they have to pay this kind of taxes, and because they're not paying, you know, buying as much, they're not collecting as much taxes, so let's jack the taxes up even more. So we'll be, you know, you to buy a $1 product is going to cost us a, probably about a buck 75. So um, in California, in San Francisco, and you and I talked about this on the show previously, uh, there's a, a mandate, uh, I guess a citywide mandate, that um, uh, restaurants provide health care for their workers. And for at least a year that we've been talking about it, uh, you will see on your bill, many restaurants do this, uh, it's called the, the health tax. And they actually add, I think, 4% to your bill saying, and sometimes I'll put a little smiley face saying, sorry, you know, we're being forced to do this. We're being forced <laughs> to provide health care. That apparently is not going to go away even, uh, I've heard, that they're going to continue to, to charge that. It's gotten so bad in California with taxes. I'll give you two examples. One, I rented a car. Um, the advertised price is $192 a week. By the time you're done and I've put the gas in, it's four hundred dollars, and that's you know, and yeah, there's some of that stupid insurance that you almost can't get out of. But the taxes, you know, you've got tourist tax and state tax, and there's like eighteen, nineteen percent of tax on there already. And the other thing, and I hate to say it, but this is the way. I just I can't do it anymore. When I leave a tip in a restaurant, I leave the tip over the amount before taxes. Screw it. I'm not going to do it over the entire amount because there's, you know, there's 20% extra tax tax money on that bill. And I'm a big tipper. But I'm doing it over the amount before taxes. I'm not doing it over the whole amount anymore. I just can't I just can't. It's it's driving me nuts. So that's that's how it's going to hurt the economy too. Yeah, no, there's a, uh, it's just, this is, uh, taxes have never helped anybody's economy. It's all it's good for is to keep, you know, just to keep a welfare state alive. But uh, we're talking about that sort of thing. I have a clip here that's kind of interesting. Um, let me go back to my clip list. Uh, the Cal cost cutting. This is a. This was what people should always be looking out for. This is a. a we'll deconstruct this a little bit. This was a, a clip I heard on. It's it really abhorrent, and I love the word apparently. Uh, news item that was on a local news channel about the University of California educational system and what they're going to have to change. And it's it was the whole story developed out of the idea that Cal may let people graduate with a bachelor's degree in three years. I, I don't know. I mean, you could always graduate in two or three years if you wanted to just 
crank up your yeah, do, all your, do all your credits. So I don't see know. how this is new, but but just play this clip and listen to the subtext. What would you say to a three-year bachelor degree? It's an idea the UC system is considering to cut costs. Special Commission is looking at several proposals, including charging extra for popular campuses, including Cal and UCLA, offering more online classes and part-time programs, establishing financial aid eligibility for students who are illegal immigrants, and boosting enrollment of out-of-state students from 5 to 10 percent because they pay a lot more into <laughs> all right okay now let's you heard it right yeah i did where anywhere in that story <clears throat> is cost cutting nowhere there was no cost cutting they used the term oh cal's going to do cost cutting this is the total piece of propaganda there's no cost cutting they're going to increase revenues there's not one mention of cost cutting but yet the story was about cost cutting in fact we're, we're going to we're going to ram more students through cuz we're pumping them out the door we're pooping them out yeah, we're going to have more foreign students because they pay more money. And we're going to also find ways for illegal aliens. I don't get that to uh, get uh, to get get through the system. So we're going to, you know, because they, they obviously, you know, Cal years ago gave up on actually trying to get uh, to educate the students of the state of California because they they're they're rascals. You know, they would learn a few things and then they'd start protesting. Um, so they'd rather have, you know, people from overseas, that they, you know, that are worried about getting deported or illegal aliens that would be worried about uh, getting turned in. But this is a classic example of the news media. I don't know how they bought this story as cost-cutting. And I found the whole thing to be just a Well, you know what? They, they probably literally bought the story. It was probably one of those electronic uh, press kit stories that is uh, ready to go. And they just and they subscribe to the service. And they oh, here's some news. We don't have to do anything. Let's just play this. They probably actually well, bought it. Well, the best example of that this week... Uh, and I have a clip, a clip of this. This will be my last clip for a while. Um, uh, is I first saw this story on uh, on the net, network news. I saw saw it on the CBS, and I saw the story on uh, I think it was NBC. Then I started seeing the story, exactly the same story. <laughs> excuse me, with the exact same clips on the local news, and I saw it on a different local, exactly the same, and the. Um, the this is the the clip which is can false flag bullcrap in Congress clip. Oh, okay, yeah, no, I I saw this happen yesterday as well. Here it comes. Oh, the day you did this, Mr. Supak. Death threats from pro-life callers started pouring into the office of Michigan's Bart Stupak as soon as the anti-abortion rights Democrat announced he'd vote yes. I hope you die. There are millions of people across the country. Who wish you ill. You are cowardly punks, Tupac. That's what you are. You and your family are skull. Democrat Louise Slaughter received one call threatening to, quote, kill the children of the members who voted yes. Her headquarters in Niagara Falls, New York, is one of four Democratic offices around the country that have been vandalized. Among them, the Tucson, Arizona headquarters for Congressman Gabrielle Giffords, where windows were smashed. We've got to take a timeout, folks. We've gone too far in certain areas, and this should not be tolerated. Democrats accuse their GOP colleagues of inciting such acts with inflammatory rhetoric, like Texas Republican Randy Nogabauer's outburst on the House floor Sunday night. 
shouting baby, baby killer when speaker. Congressman Stupak was speaking. The vast majority okay, of American yeah. people. So, no. um, the so funny I, thing was about this story, they couldn't even get a good sound bite from the baby killer's shout out, and they, they played this, shh, couldn't hear anything. But the point is they... Every one of these news outlets had the exact same package and the same the, exact the same clips, same sound yeah. bites. Yeah, I saw I saw this on uh, what's the guy's name, the Ed Show or whatever. I heard the same things. It was all over the place. Yeah, like, and it was the exact. It wasn't like they. Some news guy said, "Well, let me try to find some other stuff out." No, it was the exact same package. Who produced this thing? Yeah, that's the big. question. Was it the White House? That's the big question. And you know, you know what gets me. And I don't. I don't think we should dwell on uh, on this too long because at the end of the day, uh, look, uh, our system is uh, our democratically elected representatives voted for this, and uh, now we got to live with it. So you know, we'll keep our eye on it, and uh, we'll see what happens. But what's interesting to me is of all these news organizations who are apparently running these prepackaged uh, uh, sound bites and, and stories, which really have nothing to do with, you know, look, <laughs> it, it passed, okay? So what I'm looking for, and I scanned all the channels all weekend long for the past two days, I'm also looking, there were 32 million Americans who apparently could not get coverage and now can get coverage. There were hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of uh, children, specifically I hear children with pre-existing conditions who could not get health care. Why am I not seeing a single one of the of 8% of the population in America being interviewed on television? Why do I not see a single person saying, hey, I'm so happy, this is awesome, I'm getting health care? Why have they not been able to present one person to me, one of the 32 million that is being reported? Not a you know, can the news media go go down walk? I mean, you should be able to bump into someone. You should be just be able to hold your microphone in the air and say, uh, "Are you getting health care now?" Yeah, and I'm really happy about it. Why am I not seeing these 32 million people anywhere? That to me is weird. Yeah, all we get it. Yeah, I know. There's there. I don't know what the end game is here with this. The, the way. Oh, they're I doing do. I, I do. I do. Okay, know. well, tell us. Here's the end game. This is. Um, a piece of audio from Congressman John Dingell, some might say Dingle, uh, who is a congressman for Michigan. Listen very carefully to what he says in this clip. You'll be uh, reasonably astounded. Uh, hold on a second. For some reason. Oh, here it comes. Are we ready to let 72,000 more people die in our country if 18,000 died or whatever the number is, uh, the figure that anyone comes this is obviously uh, up a, with a, per a year because of a lack of health insurance or health care uh, when this bill doesn't basically take effect until 2014. Paul W., we're not ready to be doing it. But let me remind you, this has been going on for years. We are bringing it to a halt. The harsh fact of the matter is when you're going to pass legislation that will cover <laughs> 300 American people in different ways, it takes a long time to, to do the necessary administrative steps that have to be taken to put the legislation together to control the people. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it takes a long time to put the necessary legislative steps together to control the people. Well, we got to control them people. <laughs> uh, hold on a second. You know, that definitely calls for... Uh... <laughs> 
if we're going to go in that direction with this discussion, and by the way, I want to tell people out there, we're going to try to keep the show shorter. I can, <laughs> my, you know what my wife said to me about the show being over two hours? No. She said she, 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 she wants to listen to a show. She doesn't want it to be a job. Well, and uh, <laughs> A job so, listening to the show? Yeah, it's a job. It's well, like a, but, you have to, but, you, now the thing is, John. Then we should. Then we need to go to to three shows a week so we can keep them shorter. I mean, I, yeah, I don't, well, I don't see how you can do it. This, do so, we, we can keep them shorter by keeping them shorter. All right, then, then let's get off of healthcare. Let's do something else. No, but no, but I want to go back to this control thing. <clears throat> you have to control the people because I got it. I have a clip, and I, when I first listened to it, I was. I realize that the initial layer when you when you listen to this clip, and I'm not going to play the whole thing because it's actually pretty long. It's a news item about a guy named Bing Li, who is apparently uh, Chinese, doesn't speak any English. He's got Alzheimer's and dementia, and apparently he keeps leaving the hospital or the healthcare or the nursing home or something and roams around, and they got to track him down and bring him back. And he's also on medication. This this story is just a weirder story, but but the thing that you immediately the the thing that you take. Away Away from it, or that you're supposed to take away from it, I believe, is the way they present this story as a piece of propaganda is the amount of money that goes into tracking this guy down. Play Bing Lee. A man with Alzheimer's and dementia has disappeared for the third time in San Francisco, and there is quite a bit of manpower dedicated to finding him. Sheriff's deputies from three counties, a CHP helicopter, police officers on horses and motorcycles <laughs> have been searching for Bing Lee. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, now this is horses? <laughs> Yeah, everybody. So this old Chinese guy's roaming around. He's like almost ninety. Meanwhile, we've, we've got we've got a hundred thousand homeless people just wandering, walking backwards, completely, you know, zonked out, not knowing what they're doing. And what are the police horses are just stepping over them? I mean, what is up I, with that? Who is this Bing Lee well, guy? Well, this is a story, but I was real. I, I tried to t take the story apart, figuring out, you know, because the first thing I, I was going to run this thing, thinking, look at all the money they're spending on choppers and all this over this one guy, you know, will probably show up somehow. And I realized this is not about that. This is a story to get to actually get you outraged about the expense that Bing oh, Lee right. is creating. And so, what do we do to cut to keep that expense from not happening? RFID. Yeah, of course. RFID. That's how they're going to track uh, if you're taking your meds. If you, I mean, it, it's all about RFID. This is huge. Didn't you have a whole page of links somewhere that? Uh, uh, yeah, it's on the blog. Yeah, some some hacker has a page of links. Uh, yeah, I'll send you a. I think I sent you the link to the link, so you can post it on this week's show notes. But yeah, so all those things you can do with RFID, and then somebody sent us some emails showing one of the companies that actually produces the little RFID tabs that they want you to put in your kids. And uh, well, they've already got, Verizon is already promoting this whole idea. You've probably seen the commercial where the mom is taking her daughter to the mall, and it's her first time that she's going to be roaming the mall by herself with her friends. And But you're really at ease, and you feel good because you can track your kid, and this little Verizon map appears above the kid's head. You know, it's like this is totally being being uh, put into the psyche. And, yeah, and uh, yeah. 
And news stories like this, I should remind people, are, are actually part of a marketing campaign. I mean, the way marketing really works is, first of all, you've got to create a demand and, a, and, a, and you have to have an attitude you have to really do marketing well. So you just sell the bejeebers out of something. You've got to, you've got to set the stage first. And that's what, you know, it's different than advertising and other forms of selling. But marketing is setting the stage. And you get the, say, the stage beautifully set up everywhere. And then you roll these products when there's going to be very little resistance to them. And where is our media in all of this? You know, I'm, I was. In, they're, they're part of it. They're part of the scam. In a way, I was very proud Being of the. I was very proud of uh, Channel 4 in Gitmo Nation East uh, earlier this week. Although you have to. Uh, the newspapers in, uh, in the UK, I think that they, that they really can. They, they operate pretty independently. I know there's all kinds of stuff being put in, but there's, there's real good gems being uh, published there. And they have a lot of newspapers, and people are very loyal to them. Um, but Channel 4 did an expose, which I don't think you could even do in the United States because you would go to jail for illegally videotaping. Um, uh, so they set, uh, Channel 4 set up a fake um, company, and uh, this company is basically, you know, looking for lobbyists or access to the government, um, you know, for uh, to to get uh, government uh, funding for certain things. So they set it up, uh, you know, really quite well. They set the scam up perfectly, and they took a hidden camera into a number of uh, ex ministers of parliament, even some people from the House of Lords. And, uh, you know, they basically were sitting down saying, hey, you know, can you get us access? They contacted 20 people. I think uh, 19 responded and they set up appointments with 10, including uh, Stephen Byers, Patricia Hewitt, Jeff Hoon. These are all people who are, you know, cabinet ministers or or, uh, or former cabinet ministers. And they had them all sitting there literally like, well, you know, uh, for like three or yeah, it'd be somewhere between three or five thousand pounds a day. I can get you access. Yeah. You know, hey, look, I got uh, David Cameron right into uh, the conservative party. There's no problem with the conservatives. I can get you access. Just pay me three to five thousand dollars a day. It's unbelievable. Now, these people, a lot of these people have been kicked out. They've been. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They've been uh, forced uh, to the resign. ones that were caught, the ones that were caught. Yeah. And, but, you know, it's like uh, Stephen Byers saying, I'm a bit like a kind of like a, a cab for hire, you know, like it's a taxi cab. Uh, but they're all it's just when you see this video and the uh, the show is called it's a dispatches. Uh, the, that's the uh, the series name and it's politicians for hire. Uh, thank you very much to uh, our producers who because, of course, you can only access this online if you're in the United Kingdom. I sent out one tweet. Three minutes later, I had uh, a full copy, so I can't obviously link to that in the show notes because of copyright, uh, but if you Google it, you can find it. You have to see this. It is an astounding uh, bit of journalistic work, but also shows you how it really works. You know, this is the kind of expose we need in this country because this is exactly what's happening, only it's, a, it's, it's probably a lot more above board. You know, no one's even hiding the fact that they're doing it. It's just never reported on. Yeah, well, yeah, another cheery show here on the no agenda front. <laughs> no, I'm I'm very cheery because you know at least people get to hear it, people get to uh, be exposed to it. Yeah, think of it, think about it. If you, if 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 you didn't have this show, you'd never even hear about it. No, that's that's unfortunately true. It's kind of sick. Uh, what else we got? Well, um, 
Here's a couple of things I wanted to talk about this week. By the way, it looks like they're they're cranking up the Yemen situation. They're trying to get uh, you know public uh, to buy into uh, a new front. Uh, of course, it's beginning. They're, they're setting this one up to look like a Vietnam War thing where we only have advisors. And apparently now all of a sudden we have a new term, AQAP, the AQAPs. What's that? What's AQAP? What is that? AQAP, oh, AQAP, AQ. They keep saying it. And it's Al-Qaeda on the Arabian Peninsula. Oh, my God. I hadn't heard this one. A- <laughs> Al-Qaeda on the Arabian Peninsula. Yeah, they're called AQAPs, and they're and what they mean by that is the guys in Yemen. You know, we've been we've been primed for this Yemenese thing by the by the crotch bomber, the you know the, who couldn't who who. Then of course, we would have never been primed for it uh, if it if it wasn't for the fact that the crotch bomber failed, and uh, even though. If we look back, you know, the USS Cole was was essentially, you know, killed a bunch of sailors and during uh, the Clinton administration, and that was off of Yemen. And and during that period, there was a lot of chit chat about Yemen being a stronghold. In fact, that I think uh, uh, Bin Laden uh, himself is actually born in Yemen, and uh, apparently stays there a lot. He's like a, you know. A, He's probably there now, for all we know. No, no, no. But he's dead. We're, we're leading up to some sort of weirdness about Yemen, and here's a. I actually took a clip just to show you how they're going to try to dramatize it. They took, a, and this is from PBS, our fabulous. Uh, oh, our uh, national treasure. Our national treasure, PBS, uh, is on the news hour. They had said that this is the weirdest thing about it. I don't know why, or I guess you wanted to, she wanted to take a trip, or she needed a vacation. I'm not sure, but they sent that kind of that one reporter. That that Margaret Warner, who's a fairly mousy, you know, kind of a person that you can't imagine being, you know, around guns at all, people shooting. And they sent her to Yemen to report on the all the activity down there where they're they're training people. And, and the whole theme, I didn't I only have a short clip, but if you played the whole clip, which goes on forever, by the way, it's all about soaking the U.S. and Britain for money. So the Yemenis can build their forces up, and so they can do this, and so they can do that. I think they're going to push the argument that, well, you know, all this, you know, all this expensive stuff that we're doing in Iraq, and look at all the money we threw away there, and then Afghanistan. Oh, this, this is the real place we need to be. Oh, don't look. Oh, you know, don't look over there. Look over here. This is where and we it's need going to be. be. Like, you know, it's going to be a lot of money, but it's going to be less money because it's not going to. We're not going to have any Americans so far, even though we think, as we've read other reports, that there's already there doing different kinds of things. Can I play this clip already? Yeah, play it, play it. The end of the program with a preview of what you'll find tonight on the NewsHour's website. But for now, back to Gwen. Next tonight, combating terrorism on the Arabian Peninsula. The government of Saudi Arabia arrested 113 alleged al-Qaeda militants today who they said were planning to attack oil facilities. Wait a minute, 113? I love the number. Yeah, yep. gotta love the number. Facilities. Fifty-one of them were from neighboring Yemen. That's where Margaret Warner has been this week, reporting on how that nation is fighting terrorism. Oh, 
meet the face of Yemen's covert fight against jihadists. These are the ranks of Yemen's counterterrorism unit, hunting down al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula, or AQAP. Today's training was a mock assault on an AQAP safe house with live fire. A similar raid three weeks ago netted nearly a dozen militants. Authorities say we're preparing a suicide attack in the capital. I can't listen anymore. I understand exactly what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, I understand. It's all bull. By the way, I was was looking. Why is Margaret Warner going there? If she can bring it, you have a a budget. Uh, It's uh, anyone out there who's uh, uh, wants to do something for just a kick. Type into your Google browser uh, or search box uh, Yemen tourism and take a look at the sites and stuff you can see in Yemen. They want to prepare this place. I know they're going to. You know, oh, we talked getting, about this oh, yeah, before. They're getting There's, it ready. They're getting it ready. Are you right, kidding me? Oil off the shore. We figured that out already. They're, they're cleaning out the place as best they can. But they. But as a tourism destination, this place is unbelievable and don't forget the star portal that's right in the water uh, right off the coast of <laughs> yemen no 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 this is there's a, yeah. uh, there's a star portal that's a very very special place yeah, well, there'll be some, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and this makes so much sense in light of the fact that uh, our two friends, uh, you know who I'm going to talk about. Shysters show up and take advantage of people's goodwill and generosity. Uh, George Bush, George W. Bush and Bill Clinton were in Haiti this week, yesterday, yeah. in fact. They wanted to see what the, what the good works they were doing yeah, well, no, there. They're, uh, they're getting, uh, they're, you know, getting their plots ready, uh, you know, for their bungalows. And uh, the U.N. is all over this thing. I'm not going to get all the way into it, uh, but if you look... So the plan is essentially being... The plan, remember we talked about that. Uh, Haiti needs $11.4 billion to rebuild Port-au-Prince. Hello? $11.4 billion. Of the um, 14 million, the uh, uh, William J. uh, Clinton... Foundation has collected an, an astounding three million has been paid out to all these other organizations. Just go look at the website. I mean, it's given it to USAID, given it to all you know UNESCO, uh, not UNESCO, um, UNICEF. So it, the, the money's coming in. It's it's being handed off every single time. It's completely untraceable. You have you know just they're just publishing some numbers. You know, where, well, where's the other money? Where's all the other money? Where's the eleven million dollars that is left over? And what do you mean only only fourteen million? The numbers don't add up. It's 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 very sketchy. And the fact that now uh, the UN is putting together a plan to rebuild all of Haiti, not just Port-au-Prince, which was really uh, decimated, but all all, all of Haiti. With $11.4 billion, you know that this is going to be a Valhalla. You are so right, John. It's going to be casinos. It's going to be big banks. This is the new Dubai. And I would like you to take a look at this. This just really shows you what kind of shysters these guys are. Look at this YouTube clip. I'm actually I'm going to uh, um, paste this link into the chat room because I want the people who are uh, listening along right now to see this. <laughs> George Bush and Bill Clinton are shaking hands with Haitian people. And I don't know if George Bush, if it was a sweaty hand he got, a bloody hand, or wait, maybe he just doesn't like touching black people. He wipes his hand on Bill Clinton's shirt like a a nine-year-old. 
It's and, hilarious. And it, it, he's literally doing it. He, he like shakes his hands and then he, he looks at his hand and he goes like, uh, and then he like rubs it really slowly right down Bill Clinton's arms. And Cl- Clinton's looking at him going like, what? What are you doing? It's like these guys are, are, are preteen. They are total shysters. And if, and, uh, you know, if you just read what, what Clinton's Haiti update, what he's saying that, oh, you know, this, this, America, in the, in the time of Lincoln, America screwed this country. Yeah. Unlike what you did, bastard. <laughs> both of them. This is to- both of them. Yeah. Total imperialism, total expansion, 20,000 U.S. troops there. And of course, it's off the radar. We're not talking about it anymore. Hey. How did you enjoy texting your money to these shysters? How did you enjoy sending your money to them? Medical team or a search and rescue team. We just need cash. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Just send your cash. Just send your cash. It's sitting there in Clinton and Bush's bank accounts of their foundations, which, by the way, sits there for more money to be made. They have... uh, Commodities traders and all kinds of, you know, probably ex Goldman folks who are making more money out of this money. They pay themselves outrageous salaries. It's a scam. It's an absolute total scam. $11 billion. $11 billion is needed. What, what do you it's need be a that nice for? place when they're done with it. It's, it is going to be awesome. <laughs> it's totally going to rock. Look on the bright side. <laughs> it's it's going to be really nice. And they have already have all the, the, the hotel help and the maid service people there and the wait staff. Everybody's ready to go. It's exactly, it's ex, it, you know, so, you know, people joke about me, even though I can back it up with some actual factual proof about the, the earthquake machines. But you really got to wonder, you know, this was a, what a great operation. You know, we, we flipped the switch. The, I'm just going to remind everybody. Uh, the the U.S. military happened to be doing an exercise for a natural disaster in Haiti anyway. Whoa, let's just roll in with 10,000 10, troops initially, now 20,000 troops in there. There's 10,000 NGOs in Haiti, non-governmental organizations. I mean, this this was a total setup. Either that or they were just waiting for the earthquake to happen, which hasn't happened in 90 years, which seems like, you know, well, you know why risk it? You know, why spend all that money? floating around off the coast. No, no, no. This is, uh, this, is, this is the kind of stuff that absolutely happens. And then we get distracted with, uh, let me think, oh, yes, Sandra Bullock's guy cheating with a whore. You know, please pay attention to that. You know, why, why is it that we can spend all this time on Sandra Bullock and Jesse James and the, and the Nazi stripper yeah, we can't, we can't spend any time on climate gate, which is just which is just continuing. You know, oh, it, yeah. it's as if this had never ever happened. It never know, happened. Yeah. No, 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 I can't hear, I can't hear, I can't hear you. Yeah, 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 that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to give you the latest because I believe that this will be the new one that's going to be spread when it comes to memes. Um, in the Bay of Bengal. The Bengalese Bay. This is a great, this one was all over the news yesterday. Of course, it's nothing as big as. uh, uh, Oh, oh, you're talking about the island? The island that disappeared. So I'm looking at AP, of course, our friends from Associated Press. No, 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 literally. What these. What these two countries could not achieve from years of talking, because there's always been a uh, a war between. 
Bangladesh and India as to who owns this island, New Moor Island. Uh, global warming has resolved it. Global warming has, the, 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 the sea water has risen up above the, it's gone because of the global warming. So, so I'm like, let me find out about this little island. And it's very, the thing you got to do with, with your Google searches when you're investing things, investigating things, is you have to do a date range because Google gets, purposely, I believe, is so inundated with the news, whatever the news is, that you, you'll have to go through 15, 20 pages to get anything. So essentially just chop off this week and go back 10 years. Yeah, you, you always want to chop off the current uh, events. Uh, in other words, you, it, with the date range, you just killed the, the, which is done with the Julian calculator. You, if you can look it up, you can figure out how to do it, but everyone should be doing this. So this, uh, this Newmore Island also known as uh, South Talpati Island wasn't always there. It actually emerged in 1971. Okay? And it's not like this is uh, like, 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 like this is a, a piece of bedrock. It's actually made from alluvium. And alluvium is essentially sediments that uh, build up and, uh, and right after a cyclone hit in the 70s, that's when all of a sudden this island emerged. So no one really... that's why there was a, a, a dispute over who owned it. Exactly. So no one gives you any of the background. Immediately, oh, global warming is ruining the island. Well, this is not even... It, it's, it's a buildup of sediment. It's not like a land mass that is connected. It's just, it's alluvium. I looked it up. I put the link in the show notes okay, what well, alluvium is. Well, I saw this picture, and what I did, I didn't go through all this all this trouble. That, I, I didn't know that. The thing was just a thing that cropped up. In 1971. But- yeah, okay, but what I did was they said, you know, over 30 years, they've been arguing over this thing, which makes sense, which, you know, the, the 70s, I guess. And, uh, but they, they had the, the, the calculation of the, of the sea. They said it was rising at 0. 0.1, 0.01 or something, or 0.15 inches per year. If you did the calculation, best case scenario, the, the somehow, even though this is probably not true either, but it, the, the oceans or the water around that island could have maybe gone up uh, in 30 years, one, two, three, four inches, maybe yeah. Maybe a half a foot. The tree on the left that they show, it's the water is up at least five feet. <laughs> I know because the tree, there's a big tree, and it, and you can see that the water is up at least five feet into this tree. And who knows if that's the tree on the island? You don't know that. Well, it doesn't make any difference. The whole thing is a bunch of b, b- ridiculous BS because we're talking about an inch maybe of of seawater rise, and it's not got nothing to do with anything. This thing probably just washed away basically i mean it's the biggest bogus story i have seen all week but do just do the math the math is right in the article you can you can do the calculation with the calculator on your computer and you can see it that the number so ridiculously low look at that tree and tell me if that's represents an inch or two no well you know of course i i thought about doing that but you know doing math makes smoke come out of my ears so I just like, I'll just Google this place. The remote sensing image of the island was taken in 1974 for the first time. At the time, the island was an average of 2,500 square meters. Now, this, by the way, I might remind you, is when we had the big global cooling warning. So let's just take it along those lines. Everyone was saying, oh, the new ice age. Oh, the ice age is coming. Am I correct, John? Yep, same period. So if you would even believe that it was climate generated... 
then we would be in a global cooling right now because now the island is going away. Oh, the whole thing is ridiculous. It is. But what bothers me is the people that are just lockstep. They're just locked into this. And a lot of them are our listeners. They are locked in to the litany. Locked in. It's impossible to shake them away from it. And uh, Because you know why? Because everyone agrees. That's right. You know what, John? It's very clear. The science is in! Good reporting done uh, by The Telegraph about the World Wildlife Fund, um, which uh, is bummed out because uh, they're having little trouble hiding their agenda of uh, selling $60 billion worth of carbon credits. $60 billion worth. Carbon what credits. Scam. Yes. Carbon. Now, I want to remind you of the history of the World Wildlife Fund set up by Prince Bernard of the Netherlands, the very same man who set up the Bilderberg Group. Yes. A scam? Absolutely. And by the way, the World Wildlife Fund makes $600 million a year in donations and funding from governments and, and other tax deductible, uh, uh, contributions, which comes from our pocket, taxpayers. And this is all about, oh, yes, oh, we have to sell the carbon credits. They were making up, making up carbon credits, just making it up. I mean, you have to create them out of something. It's not like, here's $60 billion worth of gold, here's a carbon credit. No, it's like, here's all this carbon we're going to save, and here's, oh, now it's worth $60 billion and we're selling it to you. I think we need a no-agenda carbon credit fund. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think so. If anyone wants to do that, go ahead. I, well, I don't want, sure I don't want a, any more work. Taste. I don't want any more work. Uh, Prince Bernard, uh, also involved in a uh, bribery scandal with Lockheed, um, rumored to be a uh, an SS... Uh, Soldier. I don't think I don't know if that. I don't know if that if that's a rumor. I think that's actually true. I just want to be careful what I'm saying when I don't have it in front of me. But uh, that's how far back this stuff goes. And this World Wildlife Fund is. Hey, these guys are so powerful. They made the World Wrestling Federation change their name. Yeah, I know. And, and that's power. That's powerful stuff right there. Then you when, when you when you can take on the Rock, man. Then you know you got some juice. So uh, uh, along these lines, I've got one clip here, and I'm, I have yet to deconstruct what they're up to, but there's something going on. Uh, I know that this has been going on for a while where, there, where a lot of these, uh, uh, I don't want to call them tree huggers, but naturalists, or what, which is a nudist, that's different too. I, but these people, they want to get rid of dams. And re, you know, set things up. Uh, you know, really? like so the Hoover Dam. We got to get rid of that. Well, no, the Hoover Dam is going. They're going. That's going to take a while before they get around to that one. But just uh, there's a lot of dams here and there that are used for, you know, preser- You know, for they were they. There's purposes for dams other than just electricity generation. But most of them are small generators of electricity. But there was this crazy ad that's been going around and is sponsored by American Express, and it's about a guy. He this is a this is a commercial I recorded. The guy. Uh, is an old fart, and he uh, he makes uh, he's a mountain climber, and he makes some sort of thing you can put in the rock without damaging the rock. Oh, I've seen and, this one. Yeah, 
And then, but he's also a dam buster. He's like a non sequitur. This commercial he talks about this. Then he switches to dams and he bitches about some dam. They're going to tear it out. And and he, but his commentary about the dam is interesting. Uh, oh, sorry, but play it. We're part of nature, and as we destroy nature, we destroy ourselves. It's a selfish thing to want to protect nature. I never intended to be a businessman. We made the world's best climbing equipment out of here. We realized that putting in and taking out of all these pitons was causing damage to the rock. So I made these little soft aluminum chocks that you just put in with your fingers. And I'm a dam buster. We've been working for years to take this dam out. The reservoir behind it is only four feet deep. The water gets real warm, kills a lot of the life in the river. When you take out a dam, that's a real victory. I mean, a concrete victory, so to speak. I get an idea to do something. I like to take the first step. If that feels good, I take another step. To do good, you actually have to do something. No matter what you want to do, Members Project from American Express can help you take the first step. Vote, volunteer, or donate at TakePart.com. I, I, I have seen this commercial, and I remember going like, what? I don't get it. Yeah, no, I know. I, there, well, there's two things. That, well, the first thing that caught my attention, uh, besides the non-sequitur part of it, was the guys bitching about the dam not really damming anything. It's only four feet deep on the other side. And you look up, and they have a photo of this, or they have him standing there under the dam. And it's about 50, 60 feet high, and there's water running over the top of it. Is this uh, perhaps... Uh I mean, what what are dams for? They're for water management. They're for power generation. Those are basically two of the reasons you dam something. But the but the point I'm making is, if this thing is only four feet deep on the other side, and 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 rancid or whatever he says, first of all, what difference does it make? But how does the water get up sixty feet and come flowing over the top? So this this whole ad is a setup as a complete scam from the get go. And what is the you know what is and if the, if the thing's only four feet deep on the other side, you take the dam out. What are you going to have a trickle? I mean, I don't understand the premise for this ad in the first place. And then I don't really get what the meme is that or what they're trying to convince us to how, how are, they're trying to manipulate our thinking uh, about the dam or this idiot or American Express. I just the whole thing is crazy. I think it has to do with power generation i think it's you know uh, the, uh, trying to kickstart a meme to uh, break down the dams and uh, i don't know i, th- I think water it's just the power- opposite this guy's supposed to be a greenie and meanwhile dams if they are power generators they should be that's that's a green form of energy uh it's you know but you know is this was this produced by the oil companies is kind of a twisted way of, of getting people well, not it's amex. To dams it's, down. I don't- it, it's amex so it's a financial gain for someone somewhere and, and you can bet it's not just about uh, selling credit cards. Uh, maybe the guy just uh, gets uh, gets an erection from uh, breaking concrete. You know, maybe he should be on the sex offender list. I don't know. Oh, I, know. Like, I think people should be on the lookout for this damn, this damn, okay. damn yeah, that's thing. That's a good one. This is the kind of stuff that we do uh, here on No Agenda. And I think we've uh, given you quite a bit of uh, of insight and uh, and information. A uh, certain amount of debunking, but uh, really... A, Our job is to help you see through what you are being spoon-fed, and um, it's an actual job. And uh, despite what your wife says, John, I I want it to be a job for people to listen because it's hard. It's very hard work to awaken yourself into seeing that most what is being fed to you is at least has an agenda, and there is a reasoning behind it. 
And yeah, you, and we you, try and, to. And you do have to work. It's just it's hard work, and it, it, and it gets tiring if we do it for two. For us, it's tiring. Yes, for, and for, depressing. It's not depressing. I don't find it depressing at all. I I revel in all these things we're uncovering and peeling back layers because I know that we're changing people's lives. People, you know, one day beyond us, I'm afraid, because it will take quite a while, uh, people will just won't take it anymore. And they'll just say, no, no, I, I can see through this. I know how it works. And then, you know, when we're long dead and gone, we're going to get some like three foot tall statue. You know, that's going to, that's going to be <laughs> hidden bowling, away. A bowling trophy. <laughs> <laughs> bowling? Oh, they're gonna, no, no, they're going to name lanes after us. Two bowling lanes. It'll be the Adam Curry bowling lane and the John C. Dvorak bowling lane, and uh, and that'll that'll be uh, what we. That'll be the end of it. That'll be it. But, well, but we can as long as they support us, I, you know, and they're doing uh, that. We're, we're okay. I'm going to name some people that helped us out this week: Eric Bodenstab in Bonner Springs, Kansas, 120 bucks, and Mark Brait uh, Weight. B R A I T W A I T E in Seattle. Uh, also for he, he actually these are two fifty five tens. One for Anthony R. Uh, Justin Holbrook, uh, Olive Hill, Kentucky, hundred dollars. Jason Williams, Pittsburgh, California, hundred dollars. Mark Magpie, Magpayo, Magpayo uh, in Cerritos, California. M A G P a Y O ninety times three, which is actually a pretty good one. Uh, Michael Gribus, Cole Township, Pennsylvania. Stephen Taft, Marietta, Georgia. Second Mile Productions again, fifty five ten. Uh, John Theo Theo Dorson, T H E O D O R S E. And I feel I wonder what's what. I, I, I have a lot of sympathy for for teachers in uh, grammar school <laughs> doing uh, roll call. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Theo Dorson, Theo. It's, like, it's got to be anyway. Midland, uh, Western Australia. Uh, Gerald Preeb, P-R-I-E-B-E, in Bryson City, North Carolina. Wayne Hay, H-A-I-G-H, in Yorkshire. Douglas Kuhlman, K-U-H-L-M-A-N, in Shevlin, Minnesota. Another uh, 5510 from Podcast for Peace. Oh, those guys have really been... uh, been Craig Whiting, in uh, the UK. Uh, Mark... Giacoma, or Giacoma, it's or Giacoma, J E A C O M A in Merrick, New York. I think it's Giacoma. That's to be Charles Ross. There's a name. Ligum, lig, lig, <laughs> Finally, lig, a good old name we can pronounce. Love it. <laughs> Shane Reimer from Winnipeg. Curiously, it came in as Winnipeg, United States. You know, and, and I just want to say, if I can just interrupt you for for a moment, John. Um, John and I had a little bit of a tiff uh, this week, and I, and I won't get into it. And it was on email, so you know. And I don't know if if you're trying to mind control me, or uh, or if you're really angry. That's all. Or, that's my goal in life. Well, it it does work, and uh, and uh, you know, because I it, it, this, these donations are very complicated to keep track of, and uh, we've uh, you know we have Eric now. Uh, by the way, we call him Eric the Shill. Uh, Eric is working uh, with us and uh, really working hard on sorting all of this out, getting all the names right. We want everyone to have proper credit. Uh, but I will say that PayPal is not the 
it seems like it's not the most accurate or the way they set things up. Uh, things come through in interesting forms, particularly when you download uh, the the you know the the spreadsheet version, and it's it's really a lot of work. We went through. We must have done a hundred emails this past week. Uh, working on the on a format for a spreadsheet that we can uh, actually read from during the the segment for uh, for supporters on the show, and it's really really hard. And so, give us a little bit of leeway uh, if we get your name wrong. Well, if you get your name wrong, tough luck. <laughs> Forget. We try. We really do try. Um, you know, uh, and the funny thing is, I've always thought I was a g- good at pronouncing names until I started doing this show. Yeah, and it turns out you're not. I, I'm, nobody could pronounce half of these names. I think we well we, we do it. We take a pretty good stab, but also well, the, the, no, the, the no agenda stream producers. Um, you know, sometimes we haven't received something, or you know, there's just there's a lot of administration, and we are now taking money that you are sending us, and we are paying Eric to actually help us. Uh, and do this. And as we grow, I think we're going to have to have more people help us on the administrative side because at the end of the day, we suck. <laughs> we just really suck at anything administrative. And we really try hard in between all of the basic prep for the show. That's, I mean, if, if we could, all we do is just do the show. I wouldn't even be doing show notes, which is, a, is another thing, another point of contention. Yeah, there's a lot of show notes. Well, let me finish these the names here. Uh, now, this one is a, is a rough one because uh, he's from uh, so- Södermanland, Sweden. Södermanland. Yes, and it's J O A K I M D E L. It's Joachim Joachim Delrunt. I, yeah. I can do these. Joachim Delrunt. Okay. And he wants to congratulate uh, the hamster of Bjomelunda. With his birthday. And he actually has a little note that says, Where's my cake, you? Douchebag. Not quite sure why. And this is a, that's a $51 donation, correct? Yeah. yeah. And uh, Anthony Rico, uh, uh, San Diego, and uh, th- and finally uh, Jeffrey Glennon in Gales Ferry, Connecticut. It's also 50 And we, we have a couple of people that we left off. So we've yet to... Uh, Thank Gear, G-E-I-R. Is that pronounced right? Yeah, Gear. Gear. And Alex Vanderhengst, who apparently didn't put the van in, which is important to him. Uh, and probably anybody else is in the Vanderhengst family. Eric uh, uh, Blazinski, Samuel Vanderplank, who is a, a regular. Uh, Edward Jacobs and Nicholas M. E-H-M. Now, I had, we do have some comments, and one of this is going to chew up a little time. Uh, some call-outs. We got a 20-year-old college uh, uh, student, student, Michael Gribos, who uh, wants to call out as uh, call out as douchebags. His sister Elise, Chris Smith, and Kyle Defasis. I don't know if you can call a girl a douchebag. I, I don't think that somewhere that feels wrong. Well, here's one that feels wrong. How about a douche clutch? Here's the, here's what feels wrong. Forrest Walker or Walken or Walker. Probably Walker. Uh, you can look it on the list. Forrest, where are you? I can't yeah, it's Walker. I can't uh, he didn't give us, you know, he gave us, he's a 15-year-old kid. 
gave us, you know, $10, which was nice. But he's calling his dad out <laughs> as a douchebag. He says that would be great. All right. Forrest, dad, hello. Douchebag. I'll dad's just do a, it. Dad's name is Chuck. So. <laughs> Meanwhile, to, to, to keep this, this, this soap opera going, by the way, this is going to die off on its own because people are saying, ah, you know, this is stupid. Jeffrey Glenn, who was called out by his girlfriend, Heather, as being a loser last week, uh, not only decided not to be a douchebag anymore, he says, but he joined the Knights program and took out a subscription, and he expects to be eventually Sir Jeffrey so he could lord it over Heather. So I think that should be an interesting relationship to follow. This is yeah, we could do a whole reality show out of those two. <laughs> it would be better uh, than Mark, Fly Girls that I watched last night. I tell you that. Mark Mapayo uh, gave uh, his uh, 33, 33 times three for his dad. Uh, Eric Bodenstadt uh, gave us his money, gave us an, uh, a donation because NPR asked for a donation. <laughs> I yeah, like the logic. They're doing it again. They're doing uh, their whole drive. Uh, PBS as well. And there's a website we, we're going to plug called howtofailatretail.com. Somebody gave us some money and said, here, can you plug this website? Okay. Uh, let's see. Douglas Lang. um he wants to call himself, a, or I think we talked about that. Wayne Haig, eliminate uh, the uh, ampersand. He wants. This is an interesting point. He wants you to take the ampersand out of the uh, out of the show notes because it comes. Then this is true. A lot of times you get that amp. You know, you get that horrible. Some it doesn't get parsed right. The ampersand yeah, is. is you know what's interesting is uh, I'm I'm going to leave it in because this is an Apple issue. Um, I enter these. MP3 tags in iTunes. That's how I. Uh, th that's how I tag everything in the show, and I know it shows up nine times out of ten. It shows up incorrectly, but that's a, that's a, something Apple needs to fix. And I figure if I just do it long enough and people get irritated enough, it will fix itself. And there's a lot of people at Apple that listen to us, by the way, a substantial amount. You'd be surprised. So well, this <clears throat> this will get fixed. And this I, will be an interesting. Test? This will be an interesting theory. Uh, and finally, anyway, one of the last ones is Charles Ross, who's a newbie, calls out Sam Jones. And uh, Yeah, but why does he call out Sam Jones? Because apparently Sam Jones got him into the show and has never donated. Douchebag! So, that's that. Um, that's the notes in summary. That's less than last week. Yeah, well, last week was a was a banner week, but whatever. Uh, sometimes. Uh, so we have no nights. We have. Oh, well, actually, you know, I do want to. I do want to proclaim a night as a, an honorary night. I think a night who's actually paid out already because I did a calculation on all the art he's done, and I, we agreed with our artists that once they do X amount of art, they would get an honorary knighthood. Ah, I know who you're talking about. Paul. Paul. Yes, Paul T. Um. Okay. Uh, have you sharpened that thing? Here it is. Yeah, Paul T, kneel before us as we now solemnly knight thee, Sir Paul, knight of the images of the No Agenda Roundtable. Please enjoy our hookers and blow.
we so really appreciate what Paul T does. Yeah, and, and all the other artists too. We have a you know he's not the only one. No, but we he, got Randy. We got a ton. And and you know, if you send something, we don't use it. Uh, believe me, we save all of it because you know Paul doesn't always have time. Uh, sometimes he doesn't even like what he's done, and you know we we try to discuss it uh, as best as possible, and we uh, we delve into the archives, and all of it's appreciated. And it's and, and it believe adds me, a dimension to the show that no other show has. We have real art, yeah, and it makes us laugh. Above <laughs> Some all. of it is quite good. <laughs> it all it always makes us laugh. So, um, but all of this, of course, is a mood point since we're all about to die, John. Um, oh yeah, now what? Oh yeah, well. Uh, Tuesday, the European research had said, research, researcher said, next week, we're going to really fire up that thing in, uh, in Switzerland, the Large Hadron Collider. They're going for their 7 TeV test. This means it's going to carry out ultra-high energy collisions between two microscopic beams of particles at a combined speed of seven tera-electron volts. Never been done before. And uh, I don't understand how this $6 billion... You know what? Why don't you close down the $6 billion wheel of fortune and give that to Haiti? I, I think I, it's going to be a great tourist attraction. I do not like this thing... Uh, no one questions it. There's never any real reports on, hey, you know, what could actually happen when you're flipping all this stuff around looking for the Big Bang? Doesn't the words Big Bang like kind of warn you that if you're trying to find the Big <laughs> yeah, that's Bang? The only, that's the thing that gets me. We're yeah, trying to duplicate the Big duplicate Bang. Duplicate the Big oh, Bang. really? Yeah. Doesn't that kind of give you a clue that this may not be a really good idea? Big Bang. Well, you know, if if they actually could duplicate the Big Bang and create a new universe, uh, it would just wipe up. Let's say it wipes everybody out. We we wouldn't be worried about it. At least it would be quick. At least I'd hope it would be quick. Yeah, not some slow, torturous thing like uh, the movie The Black Hole, uh, the Disney film that came out after Star Wars. It was supposed to be as good, but sucked. So there's a um, there's something that I've been sitting on for a couple of weeks. And uh, and Stephen Pelsmacher is actually one of our uh, one of our knights and contributors and supporters uh, who uh, works somewhere in the aviation field. Uh, he's been sending me information on this continuously. A couple other people as well uh, about these toxic fumes in uh, aircraft. And in fact, he had sent you a couple links, and I think you he he'd copied you on the email. And you said, "Oh yeah, really? Well, I don't, I don't see the big deal." And then, boom! Uh, on Tuesday, another report comes out. These, these are continuous, by the way, of odors that are uh, filling up uh, both the cabin and the cockpit on airliners. It seems to happen on uh, both Airbus and Boeing's, but typically with uh, Rolls Royce engines. And uh, in some cases, in many cases, actually, these aircraft return back to the field and land because uh, of these fumes. They've even had pilots who got dizzy and uh, you know could barely land the plane. And it's a it's a huge cover up, huge cover up, because no one wants to know about it. No one wants to talk about it. Uh, and the media is barely reporting on it. Yes, there are some articles, but we need to keep our eye on this because this is a, is a general concern. But when you get into these big things in aviation, no one wants to rock the boat because that's how you get fired. But our, our, and I'm an aviator, our safety is at risk. 
And what's happening is, you know how uh, how you get air in the aircraft is through the engines. It's it's called bleed air, and it's all you know. You have a pressurized cabin, so air comes in through the engines. Uh, and a part of that is fed into the cab in the cockpit, and then actually it's pressurized through the through the tail cone, and that's how they keep the pressure. I, mean, I don't want to get into how pressurization works, but the air is actually coming in through. It's not like a vent or something like this. Open up at the vent, you know, and that's how your air com- is coming in. It's coming in through the engine, and the um, and apparently because of leaking seal rings, which is not such a big deal in an engine in general, or doesn't have to be, um, the air is being passed through this. Um, motor oil, which is made by mobile, or a particular type of oil made by mobile, and it's making people sick. And it's and worse, it's making air crew ill. And I have one, two, three, four, five, six links in the show notes under aviation that talk about this problem, and it is being ignored. And, I, and of course, something bad has to happen, or maybe something bad has happened and we don't know about it. But for some reason, this is such a huge problem to fix that no one wants to discuss it. And I want you to know that no agenda will be here to say, we told you so when something bad happens. Or perhaps someone who's listening to the show could do something about it. What a concept. That's always a possibility. Well, talking about uh, what you would call uh, contamination. I have a contamination story. Um, I was watching, uh, and to, by the way, for people out there, you know, so I, the Vark's watching too much TV. I do watch some commercial TV, but generally speaking, I'm watching the stuff that we report on in the show. I watch all the right wing talk show guys. I write, watch all the left wing talk show guys, and I watch, you know, network news and all the rest of this crap. But of course, I watch Democracy Now!, the War and Peace report uh, every so often, and they rat, rat run through these stories like, you know, the, the, like they're actually reporting. You know, with this woman I, who I really dislike, uh, and this this story here got my attention. Just listen to the Coca Cola in India story, and, and ask and ask yourself, is what's wrong with this picture? In India, a government panel has recommended a $47 million fine against the Indian subsidiary of the soft drink giant Coca-Cola for environmental damage. The panel found a Coca-Cola bottling plant polluted the water and soil around the village of Plachimada by discharging toxins, including cadmium and lead. The plant was shut down in 2004 after local residents successfully won a campaign for its closure. Coca-Cola has denied responsibility for the environmental damage and says it rejects the panel's recommendation. Lead? Yeah. What was it, cadmium and lead? Yeah. What are they, what are they bottling at this place? <laughs> it's a bottling plant. It's like you, you take, bring in the syrup. Yeah, you, you bring, bring the in water, the water. <laughs> you bring in the bottles. And you put the cap on it. Where's wow. the cadmium and lead part of it that nobody asks? So these idiots just read the press release? You know, well, of course, you know, the, this particular show is a, essentially communists that dislike all big business and, uh, you know, the big Noam Chomsky fans. And uh, so they'll read something like this wrote. And, and you just imagine these the, whoever listens to this stuff and takes it in going, oh, those horrible people with coke putting cadmium and so the God knows and lead. You know, I'm thinking, well, how? How does this work? But what what is what do you, what is cadmium? Cadmium is an industrial. Uh, it's a metal. It's extremely toxic. Uh, it's uh, used in all kinds of industrial processes, but not bottling. Hmm. 
You remember we talked about um, General John Sheehan, who uh, is, uh, you know, there's all these, uh, of course, this isn't really in the news. It is in the Gitmo Nation lowlands right now. Um, He's trying to keep gays out of the military. And uh, as we played on the previous show, which I think you can still see on uh, noagendatv.com, he said, uh, well, you know, the, the Dutch, uh, basically lost to the, you know, lost their stronghold in, uh, in Srebrenica because, uh, they were gay. <laughs> they and were they're, gay. They're, they're weak gays and they couldn't, uh, they couldn't handle it. And by the way, one of these days, I'll, I will really do the expose on Srebrenica because the Dutch were set up. Huge, huge scandal, which no, and people in the United States don't even know where that is. You know, that's just, you know, no one gives a crap here. Uh, but it was it was a, it was horrible um, what we've seen of it at least, and so th- this of course has outraged um, the uh, men and women in service in the Netherlands, and rightly so. However, the way they are approaching uh, retaliation is this: it, I cannot believe who is in charge of the PR for the Dutch army, because what they've done now is they set up the Dutch foundation, the Pink Army. And here's what the pink army is saying. They're saying they want him to take it back and say he's sorry. I'm like, <laughs> this is so wrong. It's like, how stupid can you be? You know, it, it, you, can you just imagine how this comes across on people who already think that gays are weak and, uh, and effeminate? Like, I'm in the pink army. Take it back and make him say it ain't so. It's a lie. This is so stupid. They need to take this John Sheehan and bang him on the head and hold him upside down. I cannot believe that the Dutch are so stupid. This is a, it's, a, it's the stupidest way ever to to approach this problem with the pink army. How about get like some general on your side to stand up and say that's bullshit. That's bullshit. It's 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 done for a purpose. They because don't they're wanna... in cahoots because they actually don't they're want totally gays in cahoots. the military. They're in cahoots, and the people on your side are setting you up for a huge fall second time around. It's dumb. Yeah. Well, oh. I'm glad you. I'm glad you you dug that one up for the public. Yeah, <laughs> no, but it's it's important that people see what's being done here. They're being set <laughs> up by their pink own army. people. The pink well, at least army. it's funny. It's not funny. It's it's outrageously stupid. You know, I it, well, that's that too. So I had a couple of clips that I made out of the blue just to be. You know, I was actually should have clued you into them. That when as we were doing the show, that you could drop just drop them in any time you wanted. The real news teaser and the real news teaser two. And now back to real news. I got it. Majority of my life, no one, including girls, could stand me. Was that it? No, that's the Jesse James quote, though. I thought it was quite amusing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I just picked one. Which one is it? Uh, real news. What I did was, oh, if you want to teaser. listen to oh. teasers that tell you nothing, oh, you want to okay. watch Extra. Okay. Okay. Well, wait. Tonight on, tonight on Extra. And now, back to real news. Still to come, AH Nation addresses the ongoing issue of the state of Lindsay. She insisted she had changed. I no longer intend on doing that. But night after night, is it the same old story? Come on, Lindsay. Oh, careful, careful. But first, Courtney's kiss and tell about Cheryl Crow's Cougar Wave. The story I heard was but Dolly's life coming to the big screen. Who will play yeah, Dolly? That's right, everybody. Next. Tonight on Extra, yeah. In the morning. Look over here. 
Did Tiger really date Leanne Rhymes? Plus, the real reason Tim and Reggie split. Kate Goslin spent 35 grand on Botox and fillers, and Judge Bruno unleashed about the new women of dancing. Oh, she's a dirty, yeah, dirty girl. Yeah, yeah. Pay attention! Oh, you gotta look over here! Nothing to see here. Jobs, 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 and jobs. Let's vote for jobs! Okay. I'm well, there you have it. That's pretty much what. <laughs> what gets, that's what passes for entertainment. That's what was I like the Lindsay Lohan thing, and you hear it just screaming. <laughs> and, and she <laughs> fell. She fell down. She and, fell uh, down. You want to hear something funny? Here's uh, Gordon Brown, uh, Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, which I have a little uh, news news item about. Uh, not a little one, actually. And uh, here he is fighting, and uh, he's taking a, a, a page from the Rachel Maddow playbook. He has been wrong on every single issue about the economy. When the people look at what the Conservative Party proposed, they will see they were wrong on Northern Rock, they were wrong on the restructuring of the banks, they were wrong on help for the unemployed, they were wrong on help for mortgage owners, they were wrong for help for small businesses, and when it comes to right or wrong, they were wrong on Lord Ashcroft. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. Shut up, slave. You're wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. Meanwhile, Gordon Brown has been ordered to release information before the general election coming up about his controversial or controversial (laughs) decision to sell Britain's gold reserves. Now, if you didn't know, Gordon Brown, when he was uh, Chancellor of the Exchequer, i.e. Treasury Secretary in the United Kingdom, when Tony Blair was uh, Prime Minister, he uh, sold uh, a lot of the Gitmo Nation East gold at uh, pretty much its all low price in the past two decades. Um, It has since he sold that gold has quadrupled in price, costing the UK... Uh, owners of that gold, i.e. the taxpayers, about £7 billion, about $10 billion. So now he's been ordered to release all the information about the sale of this 400 uh, tons of gold. The joke could be on the buyer. Well, I've actually... I've Dunstan. Done some, I've, well, I've done some research, and the, the general thinking in circles in which I traverse, which I traverse, in which I travel, is that uh, he did that... To bail to help out his friends uh, J.P. Morgan and A.I.G. and here's the reason why: um, Britain has traditionally always uh, gladly they call it leased in the United Kingdom, but essentially loaned out their gold uh, to these uh, bullion traders. Uh, both A.I.G. was hedging tremendously on gold, as was J.P. Morgan. Now, now we're going back to uh, turn of the century when all this took place. And these guys would essentially borrow it from the government. They actually take the gold, they borrow it for at 1%, and then they go and sell it at a profit, you know, making anywhere between 4 and 5%. And they'd sell it to India. And who knows, maybe they would keep it and make some tungsten and sell that. That's all totally possible. Uh, certainly uh, uh, reported as, uh, as some weird stuff going on. But essentially, or eventually, they have to uh, give the gold back. You can't, you know, you can't just keep on keep this gold the whole time because you're paying, you know, uh, even though it's one percent, you've got to pay it back. And 
when the price of gold rises during that period, it becomes more and more costly for you to buy gold back to give it back to the government. And so the general thinking is that because gold all of a sudden uh, looked like it was going to rise, someone had to intervene, someone had to manipulate the price, and Gordon Brown, for because he is a product of uh, of Wall Street and of the City of London, he is a he's a he's a total shill, mind controlled robot. Are you going to get to the point? Yes, he sold the gold to to bail out. J.P. Morgan, who two years, not even two years, who a year later got out of the bullion market altogether. So he sold that gold to bail out J.P. Morgan and AIG. And this will come out eventually if people do their homework when he uh, when he releases this information. All right. Oh, you don't care? Well, it seemed like a dead end story to me. It's not a dead. It's a hu- it's a huge story because people have to understand how these prices are being manipulated and the politicians are complicit. I think it's pretty pr- pretty freaking important. Well, if you can connect the dots, I'm, oh no, I'll I'm begin. sorry. It's not a Lindsay Lohan promo, John. Sorry. I'm just saying. It's like you know. I, I, I should to reiterate your commentary. Well, there's three minutes of my life I'll never get back. Which you say every time I roll out a <clears throat> dull analysis. Okay. It's a dull analysis. You don't care. Fine. No, I don't. Fine. I'll, okay. I'll care when there's more details. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. I'd I'm, rather I'm, listen. I'm, 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 yeah, no. Let's listen to, what, let's listen to more of your clips. I think this is an important story. Let's listen to more of your clips. Okay. Let's listen to the, Let's please play another clip about a damn buster that goes nowhere. How about, uh, well, I have a Shantix commercial. Okay, I'm, I'm into that. One. I like they've the Shantix take, commercials. You got they've a new taken one? a new tact, which is interesting. Uh, this time, instead of just doing the, I think it's a, over a minute's worth of disclaimers, this is the stuff that, if you, you know, for smokers. Uh, now they're putting a bunch of different information on the screen as opposed to what they say. Which okay, can we play it now? Because your setups are so long and boring. And they also, now they have, this is a real a, a real person, not an actress at the beginning. Can I play I it now? Actresses. You want to say anything more about it? Can I play it now? Go. My name's Lisa. I'm from Fayetteville, North Carolina, and I smoked for 29 years. The one thing about um, smoking is it dominates your life, and it dominated mine. I honestly loved smoking, and I honestly didn't think I would ever quit. It was very interesting that you could smoke on the first week. Chantix is a non-nicotine pill. In studies, 44% of Chantix users were quit during weeks 9 to 12 of treatment compared to 18% on sugar pill. It's proven to reduce the urge to smoke. I did have an open pack of cigarettes in my purse and said, what the heck, I don't need these. I said, you know, bye, I don't need you anymore. You're not my crutch, I don't need a crutch. Talk to your doctor about Chantix and a support plan that's right for you. 
Some people have had changes in behavior, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, and suicidal thoughts or actions while taking or after stopping Chantix. If you notice agitation, hostility, depression, or changes in behavior, thinking, or mood that are not typical for you, or if you develop suicidal thoughts or actions, stop taking Chantix and call your doctor right away. Talk to your doctor about any history of depression or other mental health problems, which can get worse while taking Chantix. Some people can have allergic or serious skin reactions to Chantix, some of which can be life-threatening. If you notice swelling of face, mouth, throat, or a rash, <laughs> stop taking Chantix and see your doctor right away. Tell your doctor which medicines you're taking, as they may work differently when you quit smoking. Chantix dosing may be different if you have kidney problems. The most common side effect is nausea. Patients also reported trouble sleeping and vivid, unusual, or strange dreams. Until you know how Chantix may affect you, use caution when driving or operating machinery. Chantix should not be taken with other quit-smoking products. With the Chantix and with the support system, it worked. It worked for me. With what's the support system to find out oh, well, if this is new. Chantix is right for you? So let me just remind the audience uh, that we have uh, had many people listening to the show. You might be new to No Agenda. Chantix is evil. Uh, what happens is you, you some some dreams, some suicidal thoughts. No, you go completely bonkers. You go, you're stoned off your ass. You're walking around backwards. People waking up in places they don't remember going to, uh, half-eaten sandwiches they don't remember buying. You go completely crazy. People have killed themselves and others while on this drug. And the and it, the worst is when you stop taking it. The only way we have found through non-scientific means, the only way to stop. The craziness in your head is to stop taking the Chantix and to start smoking again. That's the only apparent antidote. But it is it is an outrageous, just Google Chantix, an outrageously did, horrible drug. Didn't we also discover that like pilots can't use it? The army's banned it from certain. Oh yeah, absolutely. No one, no one operating heavy machinery can use it. But it's uh, it is it, there are tons of stories. We had the New York Times Magazine uh, article uh, where the where the uh, the author just went completely off his tits. Just you you go crazy from this stuff. If you're on it right now, immediately, and I am going to make this a recommendation: stop taking it and light up a cigarette. You need, and, and, and I don't want you to die from cancer, but it is the only way to stop. And then you know there are other ways to stop smoking. This is not it. This well, is they, they, a the other thing drug. that's to me, interesting to me is the stats they gave. It it'll, it only works on forty four percent of people, which means fifty six percent of people did, does nothing for, and then eighteen percent of people could have the same effect from a sugar pill. So how much of it is psychological? I think a lot of uh, a lot of those, well, a lot of drugs in general is uh, is psychological. But this is just outrageous. This stuff is so it's lethal, and it makes you completely high. Which of course. I think is what they're selling. When I listen to a minute and six seconds of what it'll do to you, I'm actually like, yeah, I wouldn't mind. Well, actually, if you dream. remember when we first started exploring this this product, you wanted to try it just to see what it was like, and you got nothing but email from people who Saying have used it. That's yeah. what we got was yeah. telling you to stay away from this stuff. Don't even think about experimenting with it. There's a couple of very scary things going on when it comes to this, you know, um, not not just from Chantix, but the drug industry in general. And I think we're going to bring this full circle back to the healthcare bill, which I just have a couple couple things to mention. Um, I received in uh, a couple of emails, had a little thread going with um, 
one of our listeners who works in a California hospital. And he says, uh, for the past six weeks, he has seen an increased number of psychotic teens who come in acting crazy, like off the Richter scale crazy, he says. One thing they all have in common is that when they get out, if, if the kids who do get out of this psychotic state, they all say the last thing they remember was smoking some weed that made them trip so badly they thought they were never going to get out of it. A, a number of these kids oh, do, not, here we go again. Wait, do not get out of the psychotic state and they are sent to a long-term facility. Uh, yeah, this is just beginning. With a, diag- just, with a diagnosis, is- NOS, psychosis NOS, not other spe- not otherwise specified yeah this is the beginning of the uh although it's been we've had preludes this is the beginning of the anti-marijuana push yeah but but they're poisoning they're poisoning people because clearly the the marijuana is being laced it could be you know the the old traditional way of 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 poisoning people with marijuana laced marijuana was to lace it with pcp which will make you this way and they probably assume that it's like you know something you can get over uh, but I remember reports years and years and years ago about PCP laced marijuana and all the, and the effects it had on people. It made them absolutely psychotic, murderous. Well, look at Rodney King. They they could they couldn't they couldn't uh, keep the guy down. Right, and he was on PCP. Yeah, he was on PCP. Oh, it's crazy stuff. But the fact that they are it 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 seems so evident to me that someone is out there lacing the marijuana. And I've never heard of this. I've never heard of people going. Compl- yes, you hear lots of people that schizophrenia. Of course, there are many examples of this. But in the past six weeks, numerous kids coming in completely psychotic, freaking out, a number of which don't snap out of it. This is new. This is very new. Well, it'd be nice to get to the source of the poisoning. Speaking of poisoning, a lot of people emailed us this article as well. Uh, the rotavirus vaccine known as Rotarix uh, yeah. contaminated with, uh, and we'll get to what the contamination is in a second. Um, but first, let's just talk about the rotavirus and the fact that there's a vaccine for that. Rotavirus is basically uh, stomach flu, uh, which you get severe diarrhea, uh, which pretty much happens to every kid, and each time you get it, uh, it's less severe, and you build up resistance against it. That's my understanding. I don't know, John, if you have a, a different understanding of rotavirus. Yeah, I, I, I had it once. Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, you, you get stomach flu. You puke or you shit or whatever, and there you go, and then you get over it. Now It doesn't last very long. No, it doesn't last very long. This, this of course, can be lethal to people who don't have access to proper water, but in the Western world, in general, I think it's probably a reasonable idea to just go through it, and that, you know, adults never get it. It's, it's really kids. Um, although rotavirus around the world kills more than 500,000 infants annually, but yes, in, in countries where there's poor access to water because you dehydrate very quickly, that's probably an issue. Um, but this uh, rotavirus uh, vaccine, Rotarix, made by GlaxoSmithKline, which has temporarily been halted due to contamination material. Uh, and I'm not quite sure how they discovered this. Or there was, I guess there was someone did a, uh, an accidental test. DNA from the porcine circovirus 1 which, as far as I can tell, is uh, swine flu. 
It's a version of swine flu. It's a virus from pigs known not to cause disease in humans or animals, but they have taken it off the market and gladly let their uh, competitor, uh, Merck, who make Rotatech, uh, pump up the uh, volume on their vaccine because it's not contaminated. I want to know how these contaminations occur. And yeah, this reminds me of the Baxter contamination exactly we talked about. exactly what it reminds me of. Exactly. And this... You know, I don't know what but the, the Baxter one actually had bird flu. Well, it had, it had a combination. It had bird flu and swine flu. Yeah. It that, like you're trying to make a witch's brew because you get that out. They did to start to, to that bird flu is the one that these virologists are scared to death of because it has an 80 percent kill rate on people. Well, we don't know enough about this DNA from porcine circovirus. We just don't know enough about it. But, oh, no, we're not pulling it off the market, says the PR executive. We're just suspending its use during this period while we're collecting more information. What kind of outfit are you running? How can you get, how can your vaccine be contaminated? This is stuff that you're telling us that our doctors who are paid by you are telling us to put into our children. How can you do this? What is going on? You know, we need to have an immediate investigation. Yeah, that's never going to happen. And meanwhile, if you look at the health care bill, and yes, I have read it, and it's not an easy one. It's not as hard as the Lisbon Treaty, because there's still a lot of legalese. Two very important things. One, uh, vaccines. Oh, that's going to be that's going to be free. No co-payment. No, 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 no. This whole thing is built certainly built for the vaccine industry. The whole concept of... Well, they knew that. That's why they were writing this in their annual reports that we exposed. Yes, and um, Merck, along with IBM, GM, and UPMC, I don't know who they are, and Battelle are building a brand new plant for vaccines, probably based upon the fact that this bill has uh, is now law of the land. So they're really going to crank it up. You're going to get uh, all kinds of vaccines that are going to uh, uh, save you from uh, cocaine addiction. Here's my favorite uh, from The Telegraph. Uh, new vaccine on the way that will cure you of your fears of spiders, sharks, snakes, heights, and other phobias. Hold with on one, a second. With one simple shot. The, a vaccine, by definition is something that, that you let your body react to disease vectors of one sort or another, viruses and bacteria or whatever. What has this got to do with fear of spiders? This is bogus. Well, early tests show that uh, a dose of this makes you, uh, what does it say? It, uh, it interacts with the receptors, I guess. Somehow that... Uh, <laughs> I know. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> Stupid. Why don't you just take a pill? Well, I don't know if that's a good idea. Well, I'm just saying, you know, I'm not going to just say and just saying it. we got to stop saying just saying. Anyway. Yeah. And they're also uh, another study. And all of these links are in the show notes. Noagendashow.com. Uh, they're creating mosquitoes that can carry vaccine. Oh. Oh, yeah. Where'd you get this one? This is from sciencemag.org. 
Jeez, a vaccine, a vaccine. Hey, let some more mosquitoes in the house. We'll be a a lot healthier. (laughs) A group of Japanese researchers has developed a mosquito that spreads vaccine instead of disease. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So so they just they just shoot up these mosquitoes with vaccine because it's good for you and the government will pay for it. And the healthiest people are scratching themselves constantly. One thing I uh, <clears throat> just to get back to the uh, just to bring it all for full circle. Um, there's one thing that really bugs me about the health care bill. And uh, and here's something that I can actually prove it's in the document. Um, did you not hear everyone say that uh, you will, did I, didn't I hear the president say you will have the same health care as people in Congress? I don't know. I don't remember him saying that. Uh, well, I, you, I might have heard that, but I don't, I can't say for sure. I'm, I know it was brought up. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Well, what's the, and the point of it? Okay. So, um, there's a clause, uh, page 65 of house resolution 3590 members of Congress in the exchange requirement, notwithstanding any other provision of law after the effective date of this subtitle, the only health plans that the federal government may make available to members of Congress and congressional staff with respect to their service as a member of Congress or congressional staff shall be health plans that are, one, created under this act or an amendment made by this act, or two, offered through an exchange established under this act or amendment made by this act. So... That's great, right? That means that the members of Congress are right. Uh, they're stuck with the same stuff we're going to be stuck with, supposedly. Right. But but congressional. So the term congressional staff, and this is where they trick you, means all full time and part time employees employed by the official office of a member of Congress, whether in Washington D.C. or outside of Washington D.C. In other words. Not the actual congressman, but only full-time and part-time employees employed by the official office of a member of Congress. So they actually wrote themselves right out of the bill. <laughs> Wisely. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, so it, this is something that you can call them on. And you can read it for yourself. I mean, just go to page 65. I'm gonna pu- I'll put a link in the show notes to the PDF of H.R. 3590. You can read it for yourself. Uh, you know, and it's these little things that make me a little cautious about their intent. Well, you're going into that and we're going back to that direction. And by the way, you know, we forgot to mention that people should go to Dvorak.org slash N-A and channel Dvorak.com slash N-A for uh, donations. We are so stupid. That definitely guarantees no money this week. The whole run up and then we forget to actually promote how you can support the show. Great. Yeah, well, Excellent. we're dummies. So play the Charles Krautheimer uh, clip number two. Now, this is the first time I've ever heard this analysis, and I think it nails it. Wing House of members who said we won't support this unless you have a public option. Why they all caved in is because the administration finally explained to them and got it through their thick heads that you don't need a public option. The insurance companies are going to become utilities. They are the public option. The rules that they are going to be administering will all come from the federal government. They're going to collect the money. They're going to collect the, the premiums. And the, the government in Washington will control how they insure, who they insure, and how much it'll cost. All right. Very interesting. 
In other words, how do they get all these Democrats who demand the public option? And how do you get past the fact that Obama said, I will not sign a bill. We had this clip. We played it. I will not sign a bill that does not include a public option. He explained it. The the insurance companies are going to be lap dogs for the government. and All they're going to do is be money collectors and with the help of the IRS. And they're just going to take your money. And they they are the public. It is a public option. It's funny because I was watching um, Charlie Rose last night. I guess he does a a version of the show on Bloomberg. And he had uh, uh, David Axelrod on. And and, and actually, I should have pulled that as a clip. Uh, You know, so uh, Charlie Rose, who who was a tool, by the way. Yes, but by the way, I want to say this. I think David Axelrod is behind all those that anti-Republican oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. craziness oh, yeah. that all oh, yeah. news sources were playing. That's verbatim. his job. That's his job. That's his job. He is Goebbels. David Axel Goebbels Rod. He um, so you know Charlie Rose talks about the public option. Well, what did the president say about that? And I'm thinking, yeah, we have the clip where he says. Uh, um, I'm, you know, I'm not going to sign anything without. Okay, you can break your promises. That's okay, but just admit it. You know, it's like, oh, we we didn't do it. We didn't do the public option. But President Obama definitely campaigned on the public option. And Axelrod fumbles. He's like, well, the president said, uh, uh, and you can just see his head going, oh crap, uh, uh, that it, it would be like a good idea. Uh, it was just unbelievable. Oh, he dropped the ball. He completely, yeah, he completely, I'll, I'll pull that for Sunday. He completely fumbled. And then I saw O'Reilly interviewing John Stewart's friend, Anthony Weiner, congressman from New York. And, uh, you know, and I don't want to get too much into this, but I mean, it is, it is an obvious fact that the IRS will have 17, 16,500 extra agents, many of them, I presume, outfitted with the 750 shotguns they just ordered to go and collect the money if you don't, uh, uh, if you don't have health care. And the only thing O'Reilly was saying was, please tell me when I don't pay when I when I skirt the law. Who was going to come and collect it? And Anthony Weiner, he could not answer it. He kept. It was so amazing to watch him go around the issue. And all he had to say was the IRS, because the IRS will collect it if you don't pay your taxes. The IRS does come and collect it from you. They why do are they come trying to hide it. this fact? I don't know. I mean, why? Because not everybody just say knows it? it. Everybody who watches O'Reilly knows this. The government said it. I don't. I don't know. It was like, why don't you just? And he he are just the, couldn't wait, say it. Are these guys so locked in on talking points that they can't even ad lib a fart? He almost threw a hissy fit. I mean, Weiner was actually like, I'm not going to talk to you like I just did to you, like, which is okay for me, but I'm not a congressman. You know, and he's like, I'm not going to talk to you. Astonishing. If you don't let me answer the question, and then he says, can, and then he goes, you get that clip for Sunday. Yeah, I will. Then he goes into these analogies of like, well, if you throw litter, no one's going to come and pick up your litter. No, but if if you don't pay the fine, if you don't pay your taxes, then the IRS will find you eventually. They do find you. They have power to take money out of your bank account. They already have that. They have power to garnish your wages. I mean, they got a lot. And they got guns, shotguns, good ones. The <laughs> Shotguns. So it's just well, unbelievable. Well, you know, what's going to happen? An IRS guy is going to stupidly shoot some old grandma, and that's going to be the end of those shotguns. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I got one more uh, uh, commercial, unless you want to wrap up the no, show. No, well, I, we're, we're I getting, can move this stuff the next to Sunday. We're getting close. Let's do another commercial. What you got? Uh, this one, I don't have it up in front of me. It's the Cintronix, the other lyricist or something. 
Lyricia? Lyricia? But this is another, I just want to ask people out there the question, why are, are these drugs that are supposed to, they, they all do different things, but why do they make you go crazy? What is in this stuff? Because <laughs> they're good. That's good shit, man. I had ongoing pain, a deep ache all over. I found out that connected to our muscles are nerves that send messages through the body. My doctor diagnosed it as fibromyalgia. Thought- what, what, what is it? Okay, wait, there's a couple of things right at the top. One is is that it's fibromyalgia. This means your all your nerves are firing for no good reason and you're in in great pain as though somebody you know, so I guess it's like shingles or something. Fibromyalgia. Myalgia. Okay. Fibromyalgia. But I like the way she starts off saying, I found out that there are nerves in your body. And <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, what are no, you, an idiot? I have nerves. Oh, no. All right. I'm sorry. Let, sorry for interrupting. Let's play the whole thing. This is great. Hey, kids, this is your life on drugs. I had ongoing pain, a deep ache all over. I found out that connected to our muscles are nerves that send messages through the body. My doctor diagnosed it as fibromyalgia, thought to be the result of overactive nerves that cause chronic widespread pain. Lyrica is believed to calm these nerves. I learned Lyrica can provide significant relief from fibromyalgia pain. So now I can do more of what I love. Lyrica is not for everyone. Lyrica may cause serious allergic reactions or suicidal thoughts or actions. Tell your doctor right away if you have these, new or worsening depression or unusual changes in mood or behavior, or any swelling or affected breathing or skin, or changes in eyesight including blurry vision or muscle pain with fever or tired feeling. Common side effects are dizziness, sleepiness, weight gain, and swelling of hands, legs, and feet. Don't drink alcohol while taking Lyrica. Don't drive or use machinery until you know how Lyrica affects you. I found answers about fibromyalgia. Then I found Lyrica. Ask your doctor about Lyrica today. Uh, what is the name of these? Were they naming these Lyrica? I mean, this is unbelievable. <laughs> this stuff is going. This stuff is, causes hallucinations, suicidal thoughts, and makes you swell up like a balloon. I mean, I what is? What can't they find some? Take aspirin. That's a good painkiller. It doesn't do any what? of those things. Drink water. You'd be amazed if you just drink some water. What that'll do for eight out of ten problems you have. Go to watercure.com uh, and read about that. All right, then I'm just going to lay one bombshell on you that I've been working on and that I'll, uh, I don't think, it won't be Sunday, it'll be next week. Uh, houseofnumbers.com, a fantastic award-winning documentary has come out, which includes a, uh, a lengthy interview with the Nobel uh, Prize winner for, uh, who discovered HIV. And he has now uh, come out and said, well, you know, you don't actually either A, get AIDS from HIV. In fact, uh, you can probably get rid of HIV uh, yourself just by eating healthy for a couple of weeks. Of course, this is not reported anywhere. Um, and it's a, it's a very huge topic, a very sensitive topic. Uh, but the general consensus um, surrounding people who are, of course, these are all deniers, um, who are... Uh, in, interested in what the in the the guy who found the HIV virus, who discovered it, is now saying, is that perhaps it is the AZT drug that you are administered that actually kills you, and that AIDS does not equal HIV. And we've actually picked up on this meme, John. People saying HIV AIDS. It used to be yeah. AIDS, and it was <laughs> HIV. Something, something, HIV some, AIDS. This is because happened. my belief is that the the pharmaceutical industry just wants to keep you sick. 
and you're, you're force-fed. All, how many times do we have to do stories on doctors making hundreds of thousands of dollars teaching other do- doctors how to sell this crap to people? And there's a drug for everything. And it all makes you suicidal. All of it. But this is huge. Houseofnumbers.com. The, uh, the actual documentary won't be available online or on <laughs> CD or DVD until June 1st. But it's already run, uh, won awards at film festivals all over the world. Um, and there is a trailer there, and it's just uh, an outstanding piece of work. And it, and it really, uh, it's, it's something that needs, uh, needs attention. But I believe that the drug industry is just so huge. Can I add one more recommendation? The book that you recommended to me about the Bush family? Oh, The uh, Family of Secrets? What do you think? Wow. I told you it was outstanding. That is one book, man. How far, are you? How far are you? Are you all the way through yet? Well, you know, the great thing about that book is you can read it like the Bible. Yeah, you can just put it down and come back. You can leave it in the bathroom. You can put it, you can, you can pick, you can just open it. It's, I mean, there's, it's not, a, it's not necessarily a, a, a story line that has to be followed uh, from beginning to end. It is just loaded. It's just almost like anecdote. It's unbelievable. It's and, absolutely an unbelievable. And, and, every, and every single uh, source or quotation he has, there must be a hundred pages in the book that is just all the footnotes and uh, where he got the information from. It's well researched, well done. Of course, is getting no play. And uh, written by Russ Baker, who I will be interviewing uh, after. I, I haven't even read the. It's like Atlas Shrugged. That's how big this thing is. It's huge. I don't even know where to start interviewing other than this guy has totally connected the entire Bush family to an evil, sinister, crime-connected elitism that goes beyond even your belief in, and you wouldn't believe it unless he had all of these sources that are listed in the book that you can go to. It's, I'll it's give you phenomenal. the teaser that people might get a kick out of. The Watergate, the, which of course, you know, is kind of like, what? Watergate wasn't about Nixon trying to get information. It was about them trying to get Nixon. Right. Apparently there was something in there. The whole thing is very sketchy from this guy's perspective. But anyway, that's a book that people should read if you get a chance. This will be one of our recommended on the recommended list yes. for this show of it, ours. It, actually, there is a noagendabookclub.com where this is listed. Someone else is maintaining that for us. And I'm, the only thing I'm missing so far is I'm missing all of the pedophile sex uh, stuff in this book. I don't know if it shows up later on. I haven't finished it, as I said. Um I have started a uh, a sex wars subheading at noagendashow.com uh and once again it's it's anger fan uh and you really need to check this website from time to time who makes a lot of interesting connections once again passing right through uh, clergy to justice system to the highest echelons of uh government uh all through um uh, all kinds of organizations that are actually supposedly helping children. It's its just outrageous. <clears throat> yeah, well, we'll uh, I actually we wanted to get to one of those topics about the Pope this week, but we'll have to do it on Sunday. And uh, But I think, uh, anyway, this book is definitely a, uh amazing product. I mean, this guy really did the job. But, you know, again, and it has, the, and all the people that, that wrote blurbs for the book are all high level, so it's not like this is a crazy book written for, for some obscure right-wing press. No, 
No, not at all. And, and in fact, he, he, his whole um, introduction to the book, he says, you know, actually I wanted to write something about George W. Bush, felt that it, you know, some things had been just kind of left for what they were, and he actually stumbled upon all of this stuff about George H. W. Bush that he just could not ignore, and that's why a lot of the book is about that. You know, and, and, and really, oh, it's just, it's chilling. And that, yeah, and that, and it, and that really brings you to the... Uh, it actually is depressing. Well, not because I like that that we that this is available and that we can share this and people can take a different yeah, view. Now. On I things. think I think our show is at risk. Uh, so noagendashow.com, dot com, dot org slash na. And uh, by the way, if anyone contributes to the stream, go to dvorak dot org slash nas, and you can contribute to the sustaining, be a sustaining producer over on the stream, which we. We are trying to put some emphasis on. Can I just ask you why you think our our show is at risk? Well, I mean, I just don't think it, I. I just honestly believe that at some point, not tomorrow, but I think somewhere down the road, if somebody's going to listen to this show and say, you know, these two idiots, you know, this is too much material here. Let's shut them down, or let's filter them, or let's put them on this no spam, you know, the, the spam list that all my the Dvorak uncensored's on. You can't get it in half the companies in the country. You can't get it in China because it's got the word uncensored. But you know, I mean, once they start filtering this stuff, it's not, it's not appropriate for kids. You know, who knows? I mean. There's a lot of ways of of, of just squelching people. You don't have you don't have to you know come over and beat us up or anything. They could just you know filter us out. And some of the, you know there's a bunch of these systems right now. They're all over the country. They're companies, and there are also ISPs that they have these little lists. And they if something comes from that domain, it just gets blocked. You can just get blocked. The United States is probably more over censored than China when it comes to this stuff. There's site after site after site you can't go to, and it's just that's not going to that's not going to go the other direction. It's going to go it's going to get worse and our show is one of these things that at some point i mean you our sysop buddies can help us a little bit but i it, was it, just going to say i mean that it could be forced underground you know or be a big hassle or they could just you know who knows i just think the show's at risk because it's just it's got too much of this kind of material in it well and that's why uh, i i do Maybe think if you stop with the pedophile stuff we'd be you know have a, a break do you really you know want me to, do you really bad. want me to stop because I mean no 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 I'm just saying in in, in terms of like you know we do, I just think the show has we bring out stuff that uh, I, I think people would rather not uh, have us do well that's true and uh, and I, this book is this book is astonishing and I uh, I, I definitely try to to tread lightly on the pedophile stuff uh, but I can't I can't withhold the fact that this information is out there i just you know i can't well, i think it's fine to point it people to it so they can check so it that's out what I'm, so that's what I've, that's what i've done i said this is it's i'm, I'm putting links in is it, do, you, do you think the links are okay no the links are fine okay yeah I, i've been very cautious about that adam curry and I, and <laughs> i've said that the thing that frightens me most is, is is exposing this because lots of people uh get killed over this stuff when you expose you know there's just lots of people. There's a, there's a whole path of that's littered with bodies of people who try to expose this stuff. And but I do want the people who are diligently working on un- uncovering the connections. They need it needs to be known. I, we I mean, okay, I just have to do it. Got to do it. But I I do hope that our sysadmins and network administrators will help us when any way you can when. When the hammer starts to come down, I think we're still pretty much okay. Maybe I need to do more crazy shit. 
The yeah, we haven't heard too much about the flying saucers or the greens and the grays and the blues and whatever <laughs> else is going on. Well, I do, I do have good news. Uh, according to the Times, indeed, the assertion I made it does appear to be true in their um, what is uh, what is it called here? Uh, the world's strangest laws. If a pregnant woman needs to urinate by request, she can urinate in a policeman's hat. In the United Kingdom. Oh, it, it, okay. It I think we should. That people should take advantage of this law. <laughs> and the first woman to do that and uh, and to prove it will become an automatic uh, dame of the no agenda. <laughs> well, proving is the tough part. <laughs> Someone has to document it, and then what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Okay, stuff that uh, that I'm working on for Sunday. Um, well, actually, John and I have been talking about a possible civil war in the United States of Europe between France and Germany, <coughs> uh, and in our lifetime. Oh yeah, no uh, doubt about it. Uh, the uh, the schemes that are going on surrounding uh, the bailout of Greece, many different uh, interesting angles. I think we still have to dive into uh, to Climate Gate, if only to protect the truth. <laughs> And the fact that everyone's just rolling right over this, just say, hey, hey, who cares about what's going on? We don't need any investigations. We're still going to die from global warming. We need to stay on that. And uh, the CIA wars. And what did we do? We still did two hours. Is that where we're at? Yep. Unfortunately. Jesus Christ. Sorry. Don't mean to take his name in vain. And of course... uh, that the European Union wants to shut down the German bakers because they put too much salt in their bread. Well, this salt thing is, needs more exploration. There's something weird about it. So coming to you from the Hilltop Watchtower in Gitmo Nation West uh, in Southern California in the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And uh, you should all go to uh, Dvorak.org slash N-A or ChannelDvorak.com slash N-A or N-A-S and help us out. I'm John C. Dvorak from Northern Silicon Valley. And we'll talk to you again on Sunday for early service right here on No Agenda.